Hello, passengers. And hey, welcome to the Midnight Train. Welcome. And of course, this is where we bring the dark to light, you know, if you're new here. (laughs) And listener discretion is always advised. However, if you're not new here, hey, welcome back. Yeah. Really glad to have you glad here. I see that we were yeah. able to hook, line, and sink to you. draw you in. <laughs> you're, you're drawn in, which is awesome. So thank you. But if you are new here, welcome, and uh, hopefully uh, you can you can handle it. Can Boom. you handle it? Yeah, can you think to yourself? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, we make joke about you know all kinds of creepy stuff and you know make fun of stuff. But uh, but we try to bring you as much information on each topic as possible. Um, I am your host, Jonathan Sayer. And with me is my son, Logan Sayer. Yay. 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 So now listen, we do talk about some, you know, dark stuff. You know, we we get that. So if it's a little too much for you, we get it. But hopefully you guys can hang on with us. We try not to make fun of anybody, you know, like victims or anything where we shouldn't. But we do make jokes as we go. So now you know. Mm, The more you know. And the more you know. (laughs) Stars come up. So listen, our Patreon bonus for this past week yeah. was uh, that was fun. The mm-hmm. uh, the horrible nine one one dispatchers. Yeah. Oof. They, just the footage and just listening to them. Yeah, I went home and yelled at my wife. <laughs> for what? <laughs> I just I didn't yell at her. I yelled in her general direction. I was like, "Fuck oh. those shit." Oh. She's like, "What?" And I'm like, "I listened to the fucking nine one one worst calls." And she's like, "Oh, I'm like, yeah." Oh, I thought you meant like you went home and yelled at her. Like, is she a dispatcher? I mean, I didn't think so. She could be. Give yeah. me a reason to yell at her. <laughs> So anyway, do us a favor. Get over there, sign up, get all the bonuses, all the bonuses, and some, a bunch of other cool stuff. You know what I mean? Because that's what we do over there, right? Yeah. yeah. So sign up for Patreon. You can do that at the Midnight Train Podcast.com. Okay. Yeah. Listen, this is going to be another. Oh my God, my brain hurts. Episode. Is it though? Yeah. I think it's gonna bring some enlightenment. <laughs> we'll find out. But as we do here, of course, we like to nerd out every now and then, or maybe a little more than now and then, maybe yeah. all the time. I like to show my genius every once in a while. Yeah. Your genius is showing. <laughs> what? Where? <laughs> so listen, let's save all the business stuff until the end. Let's just get into it, all right? Mm. Let's turn on the lights. Mm. Adjust our seats. Okay. Grab a drink. I have a shitty one. And let's get, mm, let's get reincarnated. Oh. But here, first for all you beautiful people, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. So loud every so time. I know, you keep pulling it down. I know. Like it's like getting any I gotta keep adjusting it. <laughs> Damn it, Jeff. So yeah, boy, this uh, this episode. I've been wanting to do this for quite a long time. Well, hopefully, I made you proud. Um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> now I went through and uh, it's it's good. It's good. It's just gonna. It's. Whether you believe in reincarnation or not, yeah, it's pretty wild because there's some stuff there that may make you rethink some things. A couple of them, I, I definitely rethought a little bit about stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I feel like Jeff was like messing with us when he wrote that. 
He's like, I'm going to make this the most ear-piercing thing. <laughs> Everyone's heads are going to just pop when they listen Coming to in loud is right. Code November. So, of course, that was, yeah, that's Code November, our buddy Jeff, who uh, you've heard on the, the show before. Hey, before I even get into this whole thing, do me a huge favor. Um, I don't know where you can find it. Oh, you can find it on our uh, on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. Our good friend, Chainsaw, has, uh, he's trying uh, out for some Halloween thing where he could technically be put in a movie and killed by uh, the uh, the guy that played uh, Jason Voorhees. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, so if you guys can do us a favor, go to our Facebook and um, I think he just posted it recently and I, I said something else and I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep it up. I'll pin it so you guys can see it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go in there and vote for Chainsaw. You guys know who he, who, who he is. Yeah, it'd be He's nice to see that old candy. guy get, sl- <laughs> get slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool to, to see him get just minced up by uh i think it's kane hotter is that who he's is that who it is i think it's kane hotter that's doing it oh, that's okay. the guy that played yeah. yeah one of the guys but yeah he's the cool one yeah. so anyway <laughs> now that we got that out of the way there you go chainsaw now fuck off so <laughs> <laughs> hilarious though he sent me a text today he's like hey do me a favor and go vote for me and i'm like who's this <laughs> he's like you serious you don't have my phone my number saved this is chainsaw I was like, oh, no, sorry. Uh, this is a wrong number or whatever. <laughs> or, or something like, what did I say? No, I said, like, no, I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. That's what it is. And then I posted, this is the the, the conductor, motherfucker. <laughs> and then sent a GIF going, choo-choo. It's pretty funny. Anyway, whatever. If you don't get it, you don't get it. So, hey, Logan, did you know hmm. that when you die, you were actually brought back as a cowboy? Oh, okay. Yeah. Or if... You're brought back as a cowboy. Yeah. They call that reincarnation. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> reincarnation. Oh, man. Epic, huh? This is the kind of episode it's going to be. Oh, yeah. So that's right, folks. We're going to get punnyful in today's uh, episode as we dive deep into the life and times of reincarnation. Mm. We've all heard about the tales, myths, pseudoscience, factuals, testimonials, and firsthand accounts of reincarnation. Yes. Is it real? Yes. Is it tabloid conjecture? Yes. Are we stuck in an everlasting cycle until we break free and reach enlightenment? No. Do we need to join the Flatliners in order to find out? Mm-hmm. Good movie, by the way. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, let's go over everything we know and maybe some things that, uh, you know, you guys don't know. Maybe we don't know. I, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know what I, the even episode we were doing until right. now. Right. We're, we're going to learn y'all some shit. Oh, shit. So for those of you who don't know what reincarnation is or maybe just don't understand what it is or maybe just don't give a fuck. Oh, okay. The Latin root of the word reincarnation literally translates to entering the flesh again. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of a... I told my wife later, like, about to reincarnate. I'm about to reincarnate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Oh, oh, God. Just to make sure yeah, it yeah, gets yeah. sealed. Yeah. Boobs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so reincarnation is the idea that a part of every person or in certain cultures, every living, every living, every living thing continues to exist after death. Mm. Okay. The transmigration belief varies by culture and is imagined to take the form of a newly born human being, animal, plant, spirit, or as a being in some other non-human realm of existence. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's. I don't want to come back as a plant, dude. No, I want to come back as a ghost. But if but you don't technically, do you come back as a ghost, or I mean, do you become a ghost? How, how the hell are you gonna wake up dead? I'm just saying, like, (laughs) my brain already hurts. Oh, man. So this aspect may be the soul, mind, consciousness, uh, or something transcendent 
that is reborn in an interconnected cycle of existence. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So reincarnation is the transfer of the soul, right? Okay. Okay. All right. So what is your soul? Oh. All right. So um, real deep. Logan feels that not everyone has a soul. Or at the very least, uh, deserves one. <laughs> but let's talk about what your soul is, right? Where, where does it reside? Oh. Is it just an idea we give to help us cope with the nothingness that happens after the lights just go out? Oh. Or is there more to the equation? Hmm. According to the religion of the ancient Egyptians, <laughs> a person is composed of both bodily and spiritual components. You walking around right now, you're a fucking cocktail. You didn't know that, but you are. You are a cocktail. Hopefully that tastes good. Yeah. Not like the one you're drinking right now. <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You want to you talk about it real fast? Uh, yeah, I got this. And if Mickey's listening, uh, Mickey, I know you hate the tangents. <laughs> Tell us. It's a mixed drink. That's the company. It's uh, Long Island Iced Tea. It's mixed. MXD. MXD. Drinks right. company. Right. Premium malt beverage. Long Island Iced Tea. <laughs> I want to go, go back real quick. What, what is it? It's a premium malt beverage. <laughs> it's 12% alcohol for $1.79 at your local fucking gas station. And oh, my God, does it burn the shit out of your throat. It's good, huh? It's delicious. You like it? I'm going to get the whole case of it. Good. There you go. Awesome. I'll spend a whole whopping awesome. $4. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen you take as long as you have to drink that. It's not even halfway gone. I got it at 5.30. It's 8 o'clock. <laughs> it's like gasoline in a can. Oh, Pretty much. Oh, Diesel man. right there. Yep. Anyway, so all right, back to the Egyptians here. Sorry. <laughs> so ancient Assyrian and Babylonian religion both contain conce- uh, concepts that are similar. Okay. The uh, ka- Katamua? Mm-hmm. Katamua Stele? Steel. Steel? Yeah. Why steel. is it spelled like that? Because it's fancy. S-T-E-L-E? Yeah. Stele. Steel. Yeah, it's not steel. St- whatever. <laughs> the Katamala, Katamala Steel, a funeral steel for a uh, royal official from Samal who died in the 8th century BCE. Records, um, so, so that's what that thing is, right? That's yeah. what they call it? Yeah. All right. Records, uh, records, excuse me, uh, Katamala asking his mourners to celebrate his life and his death with feasts for my spirit that is in this steel. What is that? What is a steel? It's like a fucking coffin, but it's not. It's like a really big ass fucking... Like a sarcophagus? Yeah, kind of, but not. It's made out of steel, though, so, you know. I'm telling you that's stele. Stele? No, that's Egyptian. It probably wouldn't be a ge- uh, steel. St- anyway. <laughs> stel? <laughs> stel. Maybe stel. Stel sounds better. Stel. Yeah. <laughs> Stella! Anyway. <laughs> so one of the oldest mentions of the soul existing independently of the body can be found right here. Mm. The basalt stel, steel, damn that word, which weighs 800 pounds, is two feet wide and three feet tall. Okay. That, that's heavy. Yeah. Wow, that's heavy, Doc. <laughs> Drink up. Anyway, that was a horrible Marty impression. That was but, a horrible uh, Marty. It, was, it wasn't that bad, it was, was it? It was all right. Should I get, I gotta go. Anyway, sorry. It was found during the third uh, season of uh, excava- uh, excavations by the Oriental Institute's, uh, oh my God, Neubauer Expedition in Chicago, Illinois. It's a mouthful. Right. All right. <laughs> so 800 pounds or 360 kilograms for the smart folk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Two feet mm-hmm. by three feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where the soul's at. All your souls go over to that small little spot. Okay. <laughs> 
So the Baha'i uh, the Baha'i faith affirms that, quote, the soul is a sign of God, a heavenly gem whose reality the most learned of men hath faith have failed, excuse me, to grasp and whose mystery no mind, however acute, can ever hope to unravel. Oh. All right. <laughs> Baha oh man. <laughs> Baha'u'llah. Uh, Baha Okay, stated pretty good, right? Stated that the soul not only continues to uh, live after the physical death of the, uh, the human body, but is in fact immortal. Oh, so your soul's immortal. I mean, it makes sense. Does it? I mean, <laughs> I, listen, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it right here. I don't know <laughs> any about any of this shit. So I'm just what? Sure, okay. I mean, I did all the research, man. Everything you need to know about yeah. your soul, mm-hmm. it's all online. All right, mm-hmm. I know mine's black. Is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Pretty dark. No, it just likes listening to metal a lot. So it's just, you know. But you say my music is angry. Your No, your music is super angry. <laughs> like your, yours isn't even black. Yours is like, if there's a darker shade of black, that's it. Ah. Yeah. Yours is like onyx. <laughs> it's just a black hole. <laughs> like slam. No, sorry. So heaven can be seen partly as the soul's state of nearness to God and hell as a state of remoteness from God. Each state follows as a natural uh, consequence of individual efforts or the lack thereof to develop spirituality. Bahula, Bahula, ah, that name, taught that uh, in, um, individuals have no existence prior to their life here on earth and that the soul's evolution is always towards God and away from the material world. Okay. Yeah. Got that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, lot of religion in this. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking about the soul, so yeah. I mean, yeah, there's I mean, no real way to scientifically prove or disprove it. So correct. I mean, religion. And then listen again, we've talked about it before. I, I listen. We don't knock on anybody's belief. Just don't hurt anybody else. That's all we ask. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it. Mm. So Christian, what is that word? Eschatology. Yeah. Aha. Holds that after death, God will evaluate each person's soul and determine whether they will spend eternity in heaven or hell before being raised to life, which is really kind of super fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is. You're just enjoying your life, whether you're burning or, you know, just sipping margaritas by the poolside, and all of a sudden you're just brought back to life. No, but I, well, I mean, but I'm, I'm more so talking about the, I've been a piece of shit my entire life, but right before I died, I asked God for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Now I get to go to heaven? Is that how that works? I mean, but see, we don't know though. We right? don't know. Yeah, we haven't gone. We haven't come. You know back. what? I hope. I hope that, like, um, you know, if 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 there is a God, mm-hmm. and of course, I don't know, so I can't say there is or is not. Mm-hmm. But if there is a God, I hope that, like, if a pedophile goes up to those pearly gates or whatever, he just Rochambeau kicks the fuck out of him, RKO's you know I mean? him. Yeah, just fucking. <laughs> that's it. Like fucking all the way down to yeah, hell. <laughs> just fucking diamond cutter on their ass. You know what I mean? Just fire and they're gone. That's what I hope. I hope that happens. Fucking anyway. <laughs> so this viewpoint is shared by the majority of Protestant denominations as well as the oldest branches of Christianity, including the Catholic Church and the Eastern and Oriental Orthodox churches. Mm. Okay. So it's kind of uniformed. Yeah, pretty much. Some Protestant Christians think the soul is just, quote, life. And they think the dead don't have conscious existence until the resurrection. And that's the Christian conditionalism, I guess. Yeah, that's what they the, consider that, right? Yeah. The yeah. gone going thing. Right. So that's when Jesus comes back. Yeah. Right? Yes. The, the resurrection. The resurrection. So that's when your soul comes back? Uh, if you're dead, yeah. So what happens in the meantime? You just sit there chilling. What if Jesus is just fucking with people right now? Mm. What if he's like, 
Nah, not right now. You know what I mean? Or what if this is hell? I mean, that's true, too. We've talked about that. (laughs) So some Protestant Christians think that rather than suffering for all eternity, the sinful souls and bodies will be destroyed in hell. Mm -hmm. So, right? Yeah. So if you're bad, you go to the hot spot. Right? Yeah. Right. Your your soul is just... uh, But do they get destroyed? I thought you were just eternally... Eternal damnation is what it was. Pretty much. I mean, but apparently, like, when you resurrect, you don't resurrect. You just disappear. You poof. You just gone poof. Poofer? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What is a poofer? So that's what happens, I guess? Apparently, yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, I guess. According to annihilationism, that's what it comes down to. So either in heaven or in a kingdom of God on earth, believers will receive eternal life and experience everlasting communion with God. Mm. Right? Yes. The present catechism of the Catholic Church states that the term soul, quote, refers to the innermost aspect of persons that which is of greatest value in them that by which they are most especially in God's image. Soul signifies the spiritual principle in humanity. Okay? That's pretty good. Right. So so to me, does that mean that your soul is your um, your morality at that point? No, it's Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> That's your soul. Really? That's your soul. That's, Jiminy Cricket. I would freak out if I saw a cricket on my shoulder talking to me, telling me you what to a, do. You have a little top hat. Yeah. Little, little, little hey, how you doing there, buddy? I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I'm your soul. <laughs> Am I that high? Oh, my God. <laughs> I swear I only took one tap. <laughs> so all souls living and dead will be judged by Jesus Christ when he comes back to earth. Right? Yes. That's what they say. He's on Mars right now, just kind of kicking back on a launch here. Yeah, I'm telling you. Watching shit unfold. He's on some, like, really awesome vacay. Oh, God. It's a long-ass vacay. I want one. He's probably out hanging out with, like, the James Webb. You know what I mean? That'd be kind of dope. That's his own personal telescope. He's just fucking Mm. out there just looking and seeing and shit. Speaking of which, um, do you see that they just had the uh, a picture of the very first exoplanet? The one that's orbiting the Earth? No, no, no. no, The the one that's, like, outside of our entire... Um, solar system. Um, solar system. Yeah. No, I didn't know we got pictures of it. Yeah. When I say picture, it's it's not a picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I mean it's a picture, but it's like super like small, like very very tiny. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah, it's supposed to be. I don't know. They 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 just know something is there before this whole thing went down. They just can't see it or pinpoint where it's at. They just know it's there. There's something there right. that weighs something. Yeah. No, they actually got a picture of it. I mean, obviously it's not like a detailed picture. It's very, very tiny, but now they actually have physical evidence of it being there. Oh, which is pretty cool. It's pretty dope. I mean, it's like way out. And there, and then there's this thing called, and we'll talk about this later because obviously people listening right now probably don't give a shit, but if you're a nerd like I am mm-hmm. when it comes to like space and solar system, oh, yeah. you hear about this thing called, the, I think it's called Anwa or Anwa or Anwa maybe. It's like named after the god of uh destruction and death and whatever like that oh shit anyway so they actually believe that this thing is like an extraterrestrial like uh spaceship oh shit yeah it, it, we'll talk about it later anyway oh, maybe we'll do an episode on it because it's crazy that's pretty fucking wrong yeah i don't it, but then again i was tired last night anyway so huh. the uh, all souls living and dead again will be judged the catholic church teaches that the existence of each individual soul is dependent wholly upon god mm-hmm. right the doctrine, quote, the doctrine of the faith affirms that the spiritual and immortal soul is created immediately by God. Okay? Mm. So now Protestants usually hold to the idea that the soul is real and eternal. But there are two main schools of thought regarding what this implies in terms of, you know, a hereafter. Right. You know, what happens when you ass die. Some, following Jean Calvin, 
believe that the soul persists as consciousness after death. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some people, including those who follow Martin Luther, think that the soul passes away from, uh, with the body and remains asleep or, you know, just sleeps until the time of the dead. Oh. I don't know if I like that one either. I mean, kind of follows along like the whole idea of los muertos where like your family comes back to the dead on the day before Halloween or whatever. You know? They have to remember you, Coco. <laughs> don't let the memory die out. No, Mama Coco. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> that movie's awesome. It's, God, it's so good. Oh, man. So various new religions, mo- uh, religious movements deriving from Adventism. You know, it's a branch of Protestant Christianity that believes in the imminent second coming, 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 or the second advent of Jesus Christ, okay? Including Christadelphians, Seventh-day Adventists, and Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh. Similarly, that's just like particularly, uh, just so we all know that. Make sure I put that in there a lot right. now. They believe that they, uh, the dead do not possess a soul separate from the body and are unconscious until the reg- resurrection. So in other words, so you, so they believe that your body is just kind of walking around there's no actual soul there. I mean, yeah, I guess, or it's just laying there in the same spot for all eternity. Until okay, life. all right. We haven't even gotten to the good stuff, folks. Nope. So the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints teaches that the spirit and body together constitute the soul of man or mankind. "Quote: The spirit and the body are the soul of man." <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> Latter-day Saints believe that the soul is the union of a pre-existing God-made spirit and a temporal body, which is formed by physical conception on earth. Okay. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. Yeah. After death, the spirit continues to live and progress in the spirit world until the resurrection, when it is reunited with the body that once housed it. Oh, so you get your body back on this one. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I kind of like this one the best. I don't like my body, though. What if I can I get a new one? I'm kind of used to mine. I mean, yeah, but like... You know, I know where all the tickle spots are and everything else. You know but what I mean? can I like get like a receipt, like a refund or whatever, you know? You, you want a new body when you come back. Like, just exchange, you know? You got to pay extra for that, homie. How much? You got to talk to Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, I guess. I don't know. Right. You got to see if there's a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so this reuniting of body and spirit results in a perfect soul that is immortal, and eternal and capable of receiving a fullness of joy. Latter-day Saint cosmology also describes intelligences, quote, intelligences, as the essence of consciousness or agency. These are co-eternal with God Mm. and animate the spirits. So there's someone, like, drawing and, like, making them look like, you know, the Simpsons. (laughs) No? Is that not what that means? No. 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 I I was, yeah, no. Don't! Anyway. So the union of a newly created spirit body with an eternally existing intelligence constitutes a spirit birth and justifies God's title, quote, father of our spirits. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. I like that you get get your your body back on that one. It's kind of cool. You know, because what if you're, dude, what if you're like some, you know, guy or female Mm -hmm. who happened to just work out all the time and your body is like a specimen and all of a sudden you get hit by a truck and you're gone. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Do you get the original body or the one that got fucked up by the truck? It's whatever you get right before the instant you die. Oh my god, wouldn't that be the worst? That'd be <laughs> fucked up. Imagine <laughs> your legs all cut off and shit. Yeah, but you're but you're in like wherever you are in like limbo or whatever, waiting yeah. for the resurrection. Your spirit, and the entire time you're like, no nah, man, come on, I don't want that body back. Shit, look at my legs, man. Oh, my legs are in one spot. And yeah, I'm in the other. Oh, 
<laughs> so some uh, Conf- Confucian traditions draw a distinction between a spiritual soul and a physical soul. Atman is a Sanskrit word that means inner self or soul. Mm. In Hindu, which, by the way, Sanskrit, do we all know what Sanskrit is? It's uh, very, very hard to do anything with language. It's very, dead. first of all, it's a dead language. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much what they initially believed that that's what the initial or, or the, the Bible was actually written in first. It, right. Correct. Yeah. Sure. yeah that, that's what I think. I think. But remember, I don't know anything. So it's very possible that I'm full of shit. But anyway. Yeah. So anyway, in Hindu philosophy, especially in the uh, Vedanta school of Hinduism, Atman is the first principle. The true self of an individual beyond identification with phenomena, the essence of an individual. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got that? Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. In order to attain liberation or moksha, a human being must acquire self-knowledge. Atma jnana. Right? Yeah. Which is to realize that one's true self, Atman is identical with the transcendent self. Okay? It's very deep. Got that? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to enlighten y'all motherfuckers. For <laughs> real. Like, you guys are going to be like, holy shit, Jonathan can read. <laughs> <laughs> so the Quran, the uh, holy book of Islam, uses two words to refer to the soul, which is ru, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. Translated as spirit, consciousness, uh, numa, or soul, and nafs, Translated as self, ego, psyche, or soul. Okay? So you got ru and you got nas. Yeah. Right? Um, cognates? What the hell is a cognate? It's an idea. Oh. Cognates of the Hebrew nefesh and ruash. Right? So that's what they came up with. Yeah. The two terms are frequently used interchangeably, though ru is more often used today, Junior, to denote the divine spirit or the breath of life, while nafs uh, designates one's disposition or characteristics. Right. In Islamic philosophy, the immortal ru drives the mortal nafs. Okay. Kind of like the ego, superego, and all that other right. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which comprises temporal desires and perceptions necessary for living. Can't have one without the other. Right. Yin and yang. Yeah. Yeah. It's yin. I said yin. Yin and yang. Yin. <laughs> Good to keep the yang up. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with my yang. Dude, you guys got to tell me what movie that is. I seriously, I want to know. You have no idea. I don't you know have the fuck no idea. About. Yeah, you have no idea. Apparently, it's an old movie. It's a, it's. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> got him, coach. Why? Yes. Yes, it is. How old is it though? Uh, 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in uh, Jainism, uh, I hope I'm saying that correctly as well. Every living being, from plant or bacterium to human, has a soul, and the concept forms the very basis of, is it Jainism or Jainism? Jainism. Jainism. According to Jainism, there is no beginning or end to the existence of the soul. It is eternal in nature and changes its form until it attains liberation. We're just stars living as humans right now, man. Stardust, baby. That's it. That's it. I see. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty dope, right? Yeah, I like that. We're just... Stars wanting to be, see how shitty it is to be a human right now. That's it. I love that we're back to this, talking about this again. I feel like we're, it's, it's like we go and talk about true crime and mm-hmm. like, death, death, ew. And then it's like back to stardust, man. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. God. Because that's all we are. You need to have the Keanu hair when you do that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so Jiva or Jiva is the immortal essence or soul of a living organism. Human, animal, fish, or plant, etc. Okay, now hold on. Before I go back, to, um, before I go on to that, 
that whole that even bacterium has a soul mm -hmm. that's kind of messed up i mean yeah you're think about it you're you're killing whenever you wash your hands you're killing a lot of souls Fucked up, right? So, so question here, Rofes, and this this is something from my grandmother when I was a kid. She had me super, super. Your great grandmother, she had me super fucked up. She was like, "You don't get in heaven because murder is a sin. Mm -hmm. Anything, anything on this earth is it's you just can't kill. You can't kill." And I'm like, I'm walking around not wanting to step on ants, spiders, grass, oh, anything. Oh yeah, dude, she had me twisted for a while. <laughs> not even joke. But think about that though. Yeah, what if that was the the, the little the finite little claws at the bottom of the uh, the the life contract mm -hmm. is that you know you cannot kill anything that is living that has a soul thou shalt not kill didn't say what right exactly it never says at least as far as i know yeah, I, mean, I don't <laughs> it, it never it. says that thou not shall not kill another human being right as far as it I just know. says thou shalt not kill right right yeah and if I'm wrong on that, listen, religious listeners, I would love, first of all, why are you here? Because I feel like I insult you guys all the time, and I don't mean to do that at all. But secondly, like, I would like to know if it says anything like that. Like, where's the the, the definition of that? Right. You know? Like, where, where does that where does that end? Mm -hmm. You know? Because grass, apparently, is is living. Yeah. Trees, the, the food we eat, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Well, technically, fire is classified as a living, breathing thing. Correct. Too, it so. has the three things you need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the they do believe that the uh, the immortal essence of soul or living organism, okay, which survives physical death. That's the jiva, right? Right. The concept of a jiva in Jainism means not soul, okay, mm. and represents matter, okay, including the body. Oh. Time, oh. space, non-motion, oh. and motion. Oh. In Jainism, or Jainism, I'm sorry, a jiva, or jiva, <laughs> is either samsara, which is means mundane or caught in cycle of rebirth, or mukta, which is liberated. Yeah. Okay. Simple. Yeah. We all got souls. Yeah. I, I, you guys got all this? Yeah. Especially the little spider in your house that you don't want. You, instead of just picking it up and putting it outside, you get... Step on it, and now you're going to hell. Good luck. Yeah. And think of all the things we've stepped on that we've killed throughout our lifetime. Can you imagine, like, if you're at the pearly gates, and he's like, well, I have to get forgiveness for everything that you killed in your life. He's got a death toll. <laughs> awesome. With all the video game characters. Yeah. yeah. He's like he's like looking at everything like, uh, do you remember when you were in fourth grade, and you were outside playing, and you had that magnifying glass? Yeah. Um... You're going to be here for a while, is all I'm saying. Yeah. One day yeah. for every life. <laughs> yeah. So according to this belief, until the, the time the soul is liberated from the samsara, uh, which is the cycle of repeated birth and death, it gets attached to one of the, these bodies based on the karma, with the actions, karma, of the individual soul. Okay. So the worse you are in your past life, the worse off you're going to be with the next life. Oof. <laughs> Irrespective of which state the soul is in, it has got the same attributes and qualities. The difference between the liberated and non-liberated souls is that the qualities and attributes are manifested completely in case of Sida, or Sida, which is the liberated soul. Mm. As they have overcome all the karmic bondages, whereas in case of non-liberated souls, they are partially exhibited. Souls who rise victorious over wicked emotions while still remaining within physical bodies are referred to as Arahants. Yeah. Ha -ha. 
You guys get all that? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's that's basically the cosmic fuck around and find out. Pretty much. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Play stupid game, win super prizes. And that's it. So Judaism relates to the quality of one's soul to one's performance of the commandments. You know, the mitzvot. Yeah. And reaching higher levels of understanding and thus closeness to God. Enlightenment. Right? Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> this one I had to put in there. Oh, boy. <laughs> Then there's Scientology. All right. The Scientology view is that a person does not have a soul. In fact, it is a soul. Oh, Oh, shit. It is the belief of the religion that they do not have the power to force adherence conclusions. Mm. Therefore, a person is immortal and may be reincarnated if they wish. Only if you wish. Only if I wish? Yeah. So if I just... And you know, you're like nah, whoever is there is yeah, like I'm not going back. You want to restart? Like, I mean, it depends. What do I come back as? You got three options: come back as another fucking human, or you come back as a sea cucumber, or you know, you're fucking blade of grass. What do you want to be? Out of any of those? Yeah. Yeah, I'm staying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- those are my options, man. I'm out. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Well, I mean, it's just it's karma. Freaking blade like. of grass, dude. God, <laughs> just flowing in the wind, man. Yeah, like just you grow just, every day and get your head cut off. You're like somebody's hair. You know what I mean? Like someone's gonna cut you eventually. It's just yeah, it's not good. Yeah. So, anyway, the Scientology term here. All right. So uh, again, they 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 view the one's future happiness. And immortality, as guided by their spirituality, is influenced by how they live and act during their time on Earth. Again, fuck around and find out. Yeah. Right? The Scientology term for the soul is thetan, derived from the Greek word theta, symbolizing thought. Theta. I said theta. It sounds stupid. I'm sorry. It doesn't sound stupid. It's theta. 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 Like the top or the bottom? Both. Oh, shit. The middle. <laughs> Scientology, uh, Scientology counseling called auditing addresses the soul to improve abilities, both worldly and spiritual. The ideologies surrounding this understanding align with those of the five major world religions. And no offense to anybody who happens, if you happen to uh, be a Scientologist, um, I'm sorry. Um, we're, no. We're starting a new religion. We're going to no. call it the, the belief of the midnight train. And we, we require funding. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sorry. That's how Scientology works, right? That I said Scientology or anything about it. I'm sorry that you're a Scientologist, is all I'm saying. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because fuck <clears throat> that shit. <laughs> so a popular belief in shamanism is soul dualism, which is also known as many souls or dualistic pluralism and is crucial to the fundamental and vital idea of soul flight, also called soul journey or an out-of-body experience, ecstasy, or astral projection fucking crazy bing bong love it yeah love this one the idea that there are two or more souls in each human being is known as the dualistic theory of the free soul and the body soul okay mm. so you got the one that's inside you yeah and then you got your one that goes all loosey-goosey when you get fucked up and shit oh shit yeah think about it wait for it to be think about that makes sense you know what i mean sense. you got the one and what and, and to put this into perspective too out-of-body experiences yeah. where everyone's like, the soul leaves the body or whatever. What if the soul doesn't leave the body? It's just the other one goes away from the one that's already there. I mean, that would make sense why I don't feel good whenever I do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Man, I always get sick because the one's fighting the other and the other one just wants to break free, man. Right. Your free soul like is a partier and your body soul is like a 90-year-old man. <clears throat> just saying. 
So while awake, the former is connected to the uh, to physiological processes and awareness, but the latter, okay, is free to roam when asleep or in trance states. All right, this is Ooh. fucked up because if this is actually true, my fucking dream last night was fucking weird. Okay. We got bombed by fucking Russia, and there was bombs dropping everywhere, and there were body parts flying, and I'm running around screaming like a fucking little girl in fucking grade school. It's fucking crazy. You got the new Call of Duty, didn't you? No, not yet. <laughs> but that's what it felt like. I was literally running with bombs just blowing up everywhere. Yeah. Like the air. Dude, I fucking yelled so loud this morning when Sid's alarm went off. I literally jumped and was like, ah! Because her alarm sounded like an air raid siren. And that was what the sound was in my dream. And it was so vivid. It fucking PTSD'd me for a little bit there, man. Woke up fucking. Maybe maybe put the games down for a little bit. Yeah, I didn't play any games. Maybe, right? maybe, maybe just put them, put them down. I just, I just drank a lot. That's yeah. all. Oh, well, that'll do it too. <laughs> so there are numerous soul types with various purposes in some circumstances. So shamanism, I actually used to dive into that when I was younger. Yeah. I was like super into it. Like, uh, it, you know, it's pretty cool experiencing it. It's just, you know, it's they have a lot of correlation with, uh, to be honest, with like Wicca and Wiccan and right. whatnot. Yeah. And Buddhism as well. Yeah. Buddhism is really cool. Yeah. So if you guys get a chance, go out and read a book about shamanism it's pretty awesome yeah so shinto which is an amazing sushi restaurant down the street yes it's pretty awesome Fucking amazing and shout outs to shinto oh yeah all right hold on yeah <laughs> all right yum yum sauce Mosaki <laughs> for the road you know what i mean oh yeah it's mm. good it's mm. good mm. so shinto not the sushi place <laughs> distinguishes between the souls of living persons the tamashi and those of dead persons the Mitama, each of which may have different aspects or subsouls. Oh. That's pretty awesome, though. Yeah, it's pretty dope, pretty dope. Sikhism considers the soul Atma to be part of uh, God, which is Wahaguru. Okay. Various hymns are cited from the holy book uh, uh, Guru Granth Sahib that suggests this belief. Quote, God is in the soul and the soul is in the God. Yes. Okay. Guru Granth Sahib is what we're talking about, the holy book. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Guru Pitka. Is that from that stupid fucking movie? Love Guru? Yes. Damn it. Uh, Shut your fucking... (laughs) I apologize on behalf of him for that one, just because he likes that movie. It should have gotten an Oscar. (laughs) You should have gotten an Oscar. God, that movie. (laughs) Anyway, so according to Chinese traditions, every person has two types of soul called Hun and Po. Oh, like Po from Kung Fu Panda. Oh, yeah, Kung Fu Panda, which are respectively, uh, respectively, Yang and Yin. And oh. Of course, it's Yin, not Yang, like I said earlier, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so Taoism believes in ten souls. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Or the Sanhukipo, three Hun and seven Po. That seems a little uneven. I mean, I don't, is it? I mean, four is bigger than three. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Told you I wasn't good at math, right? <laughs> so a living being that loses any of them is said to have mental illness or unconsciousness, while a dead soul may reincarnate to a disability, lower uh, lower desire uh, realms, or may even be unable to reincarnate. That's like crazy. you can't come back because you're missing one of those. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, you come back missing, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it kind of like blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Well, hopefully... We didn't blow your guys' minds too much because uh, we're still rolling here, baby. Get a little deep there talking about what's going to happen. And we talked about that like when after you die and all these other things. Well, we did say we wanted to do the, uh, the, the episode, right? Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And to do it right, this is the... Uh, I want you to say that, please. This is the way. Okay. Show me the way. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted you to say that. 
<laughs> so now it seems as though the soul is prevalent in just about every religion, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, but, yeah. But why? I mean, all right. I is this just a way of putting a forced answer to a question that we can't solve? Like, Ooh, like the Grim I, Reaper. Think about it. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. You know, put a face on it, right? Yeah. Um, like uh, the creation of uh, our existence or the so-called plan laid before us. Okay. <laughs> you, too deep? <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. Anyways, in, in, in everything we hear, there is usually some truth to what is said. Uh, the real strategy is finding out what is true and what's not, right? Yeah. But, and again, I guess when it comes to this type of thing, truth is kind of in the, the eye of the beholder. Yeah. It's what you believe. I agree. You know what I mean? So just take everything we're talking about here with kind of a grain of uh, salt here, mm-hmm. folks. You know what I mean? Like, go with the flow. Have a drink. Oh, yeah. You know? Enjoy yourselves. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're here. Yeah. We're talking about some reincarnation. You know what I mean? Let's get reincarnated. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm reincarnate my wife later. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Sorry. So while there has been no scientific confirmation of the physical re- reality of reincarnation, where the subject has been discussed, there are questions of whether or not, or whether of how, such beliefs may be justified within the, the discourse of science and religion. Okay. This is honestly one of those things that, like, either people believe... Or they don't. Or they just straight up are like, no, that's bullshit. You know? Some champions of academic parapsychology... I'm a champion, damn it. (laughs) ...have argued that they have scientific evidence, even while their detractors have accused them of practicing a form of pseudoscience. And what is pseudoscience? Fake shit. bullshit. (laughs) That's what pseudoscience is. When anyone's like, oh, yeah, I practice pseudoscience. Oh, you're full of shit, is what you are. I'm a pseudoscientific doctor. Mm. Yes. Do you have a pseudo PhD? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you should pseudo throw yourself in front of a fucking truck. How's that? <laughs> a pseudo truck? Yeah. A, no, a real one. <laughs> a real truck. Yeah. So skeptic Carl Sagan uh-huh, asked the Dalai Lama what he would do if a fundamental uh, tenet of his religion, you know, which is the reincarnation thing, were definitely or definitively disproved by science. Okay. Mm. So Carl Sagan was also the dude that, like, he he was like a Basically, uh, back in the day, he, he he ruined a lot of shit. Yeah, like he would like go and like say this car or the, like he was the, the the damn it. I'm trying to think of the the right way to put it. The critic, the Yelp reviewer. No, what well, kind of? Yeah, Carl. Uh, yeah, kind of. No, but he was uh, the Carl Sagan guy. Was the he did a lot with the um, like the planets and stuff like that too as well. Like, yeah, really? Yeah. Huh. I just yeah. knew he was just a really upset putz. That's all. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fucking with you. He had nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. That. I was going to say, was, was say, like, okay. See, you are full of shit. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> but sometimes I know it. So the Dalai Lama answered, quote, if science can disprove reincarnation, Tibetan Buddhism would abandon reincarnation. But it's going to be mighty hard to disprove, to disprove reincarnation. Pretty hard, yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you can't. Right. <laughs> There's no way to do it. It's like trying to prove the multiverse. Right. Yeah. So Sagan considered claims of memories of past lives to be worthy of research, although he considered reincarnation to be an unlikely explanation for these. Over the course of 40 years, University of Virginia psychiatrist Ian Stevenson studied more than 2,500 cases of young children who claimed to remember previous lives. Twelve volumes were written by him, including Where Reincarnation and Biology Intersect, Reincarnation and Biology, a contribution to the etiology of birthmarks and birth defects, and 20 cases of suggestive uh, 20 cases suggestive of reincarnation. 
I hate the titles of all these scientific books. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously, like, come on, can I mean, we just just says the whole fucking thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, can't you just say something? Like, I don't know. Be just some people like us have to read that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so he documented the child's statements and the evidence of family members and other witnesses in his instances, frequently coupled with what he thought to be connections to a deceased person who, in some ways, seemed to match the child's memories. Okay. 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 Stevenson also looked at instances in which he believed that birthmarks and birth abnormalities match the wounds and scars on the uh, the deceased. It's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. I have one right, like on my my stomach looks like I almost got stabbed. Probably how I died from the Russians bombing you. <laughs> the Russians are coming. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's not the Germans. <laughs> So medical records such as images from an autopsy were uh, occasionally included in his document uh, documentation, okay? So basically, he say, here's a kid, and, mm-hmm. and they claim they're this person, and look, there's this, like, thing. There's a boo-boo on his foot, I guess, right? Yeah, he died from getting stabbed in the foot. Yes, I mean, it happens. I mean, Achilles, yeah. yeah, yeah or, or gangrene. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Stevenson anticipated criticism and mistrust of his beliefs since claims of former life memories are always open to accusations of fraudulent recollections and the simplicity with which such claims can be faked, right? Mm. I mean, because you can literally pretty much fake any of that, as long as you have some knowledge of it. Yeah, true. You know, he did look for contradictory information and other reasons for the claims, but as the Washington Post wrote, he frequently came to the conclusion that no regular explanation was enough. Oh, yeah. Sorry, bitch. So Jim B. Tucker, <laughs> oh boy, right there's Jim B. Tucker. <laughs> Antonia Mills, Satwant Pars- oh boy, Pasrika, Pasricha, yeah, yeah. yeah. Godwin Samarat. Oh my God, why do you have so many? Why does it say it like that? Godwin Samaratane. No, that's Samarararatane. Yeah, so I said Samarararatane. <laughs> All right. Sounds like your car won't start. And (laughs) Erlander Haraldson are a few other academic scholars who have engaged in comparable study, although Stevenson's works uh, continue to be the most well-known. So Carl Sagan found Stevenson's work in this area to be so impressive that he used what what were uh, apparently Stevenson's investigations as an example of meticulously gathered empirical data in his book, The Demon Haunted World. (laughs) Ha ha! That's crazy. I don't know. I kind of just like the title. See, that title's much easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking 20 different things about you that I wanted to figure out. The Demon Haunted World. Hey, what's this book about? The Demon Haunted World. Right. But my dumb ass can understand what that means. You know what I mean? Keep it simple, stupid. That's it. God. Kiss. So though he rejected reincarnation as a reasonable explanation for the stories, he wrote that the phenomenon of purported past life memories should be further studied. Yeah. All right. So he's like, nah, I don't believe in that shit, but... Maybe. <laughs> in his book, The End of Faith, Sam Harris mentioned Stevenson's writings as a component of a collection of evidence that appears to support the reality of psychic phenomena, but only draws on arbitrary human experience. Well, well, fuck you, Sam Harris. <laughs> Why don't you get off Stevenson's dick? How's that sound? So Paul Edwards, a philosopher, called Ian Stevenson's reincarnation tales, quote, purely anecdotal and cherry-picked. Refuting Stevenson's assertions. <laughs> it sounded so like good at first, and it's just and cherry picked. I'm like, yeah. oh. Paul Edwards sounds like an asshole too. <laughs> they all are assholes. Yeah. 
Uh, the stories, according to Edwards, are the products of selective thinking, suggestion, and false recollections that arise from the researchers or the family's belief systems and cannot be taken into account as empirical proof. Mm. Bow. The philosopher Keith Augustine wrote in a critique that the fact that uh, that the fact that quote the vast majority of Stevenson's cases come from countries where religious belief in reincarnation is strong and rarely elsewhere seems to indicate that cultural conditioning rather than reincarnation generates claims of spontaneous past life memories. Okay. I kind of... Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. So if your religion kind of like introduces this repeatedly or whatever, you know, then I guess kind of makes sense that you would go there with it. I mean... You, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who am I? So further, Ian Wilson pointed out that Ian Wilson... <laughs> Please tell me that's a brother. You know. Wow. (laughs) Be amazing. Um, Pointed out that a large number of Stevenson's cases consisted of poor children remembering wealthy lives or belonging to a higher caste. Ha ha! Little poor boy believes he was rich at one time. You weren't. Go home, you fucker. (laughs) That's not me saying it. That's the the elite. That's that's, that's, wow. The elite saying that. No, that's Ian Wilson saying that. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Ian Wilson's a dick. I don't know. So in in these societies, claims of reincarnation are sometimes used as schemes to obtain money from the richer families of alleged former incarnation. That is fucked up. (laughs) I do believe I used to live here. Show me some of that money that I used to have. Um, I remember you used to have a. Can you move for a second? A blue wall behind you. Um, and what's the dog's name? And Spot, yeah, I knew that, right. <laughs> What's with the British? I don't know where that British just came out for no reason. Because it happens in Britain, I guess. I don't know, it doesn't. So later, Stevenson wrote a book titled European Cases of the Reincarnation Type that collected cases from societies where reincarnation is not widely accepted. Ha ha! Oh. He's like, oh yeah, guess what? Suck my dick, Ian Wilson. That's what he said. That's what he did. Robert Baker said that, the, uh, that despite this, you know, all of the past life experiences examined by Stevenson and other parapsychologists are explicable in terms of well-known psychological characteristics, such as a combination of <laughs> confibulation and cryptomnesia. What the fuck is that? <laughs> cryptomnesia? Cryptomnesia? Cryptomnesia, yeah. What is that? I talk about it. Right oh, my God. <laughs> Reincarnation conjures assumptions according to Edwards, that are at odds with contemporary science. Reincarnation is subject to the rule that, quote, extraordinary claims deserve extraordinary evidence due to the fact that the vast majority of individuals have no memory of former lifetimes and that no mechanism has been empirically proven to allow a personality to escape death and move to another body. Fuck you, right? Pretty much, yeah. That was his mic drop. (laughs) Researchers like Stevenson were aware of these restrictions. Okay, so... I do love that extraordinary uh, claims deserve extraordinary evidence. I love right. that. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have some outlandish freaking claim of something, you better have some outlandish evidence. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, you better prove the shit out of this. Fuck yeah. It's the whole thing with the, and I hate to say this, but no, everyone here, if you're a longtime listener, you know that, like, I'm very, I don't really believe in, like, the whole aliens and UFOs and shit like that. Um, not that I don't believe in UFOs, because obviously things float around and it's unidentified. And anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Little green men have not fucking been here, is all I'm saying. Yeah. In my opinion. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. But what I'm saying is, is so for all these people that are like, no, they have. The, the evidence is never like overwhelming or baffling to me. 
It's yeah. always like circumstantial or, you know, questionable. And you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so this yeah. is kind of along the same line. So I get where people are just like, nah, dude, nah, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Nah, man, aliens didn't come here. They've been here. They're they're fucking squid and octopus, octopi. Yeah, I don't fucking like cuttlefish. Mm. Like what's his face? What's you. his face? Fucking uh 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 fucking the event of uh, the, the Hello? Age, age of Ultron. The, the guy with the fucking arm that gets cut off in Age of Ultron. You know what I'm talking about? He's like the only thing that scares him in his entire world is fucking cuttlefish because they fucking just swim around. And they're fucking cannibalistic and they strobe lights like constantly and they fucking hunt packs and shit. Who the fuck got his arm cut off? The the, the fucking like weird Australian guy that deals unobtainium or not obtainium. What the fuck is it called? Oh, oh, uh, oh I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, what's yeah. his name? Cock? Cock? No. Crunk. Shit. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that guy. The guy who comes back plays the voice of Smeagol. Yeah. What? I just blew your mind, didn't I? You're fucking get that shit again. Yeah, no, I swear to God, he he. Yeah, that's the thing. From now on, you're never gonna know if I'm full of shit or not. I can't tell. But no, he did seriously. Yeah, he played the the voice of Schmeagle, and he also played the voice of uh, the dragon in the Hobbits. Whatever. Smoke, 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 smoke. Sure. Yeah. No, I thought that's from no the Hobbit. Yeah, no, I thought smoke was from fucking Star Wars. What? Yeah, isn't that the fucking old dude that was sitting there all crotchety at the end? No, that's uh fucking. Oh my god, you're blocked. Anyway, <laughs> oh my god, you're hurting my brain. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, this is what happens. <laughs> Welcome to the show, motherfucker. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's the same guy. So now, remember that word that I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yes. Um, actually, no, it's not the right it, word. It comes up. Oh, it does come up. So uh, this yes. is the word I could pronounce correctly. Yes. Confibulation is a memory error in psychology that is described as the creation of false, distorted, or misconstrued memories about oneself or the outside environment. Okay. Yeah. So your brain's kind of right. What? Your brain. It's kind of right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's what that means, right? It's so. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's. <laughs> you got that? <laughs> I could do it without laughing so hard. <laughs> oh my god! You all right? <laughs> I want to go to a fucking, like, one of those really big, like, doctorate committees or whatever. Just be like, yeah, so the brain is just... <laughs> you, can't do it. You, can't, you can't do it. Oh, man, I'm going to have to teach you. I got to teach you. I just can't <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, all right. I just imagined. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, woo. You're crying. Yeah. Sorry, you all right? <laughs> ah, still going. Woo! It's that MXD you're drinking. <laughs> that malt liquor got you, got you toe up. <laughs> so while you gather yourself, <laughs> so it is typically linked to a particular particular subset of dementias or certain types of brain injury, particularly uh, aneurysms in the interior communicating artery. Okay. Yeah. You heard over there? <laughs> no, not so much. So confibulation, you can take a second. <laughs> confibulation is a behavior that the uh, basal forebrain is thought to be involved with while research into this topic is currently ongoing. Yeah. When someone confibulates, their memories are distorted or confused in terms of their temporal framing, such as timing, sequence, or duration. Okay. So it's kind of along the lines of like, uh, like am amnesia a little bit, right? Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. And these distortions can range from small mistakes to outright fabrications. All right? So you fucking straight up lies. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's not a lie if they believe it, though. Eh, eh. 
You know? Is that how that works? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you believe it, it's not a, it's not a fucking lie. It may be a lie to me, but it's not a lie to you. Oh. Because you believe it. Okay. Right? I mean, all it, right. I, I, right? I, yeah, I don't know. They generally have a high degree of confidence in their memories, even when they are contradicted by other pieces of information. Okay, so this could be a mental disorder, is what they're saying, where their their time kind of reality is all skewed. Right. Okay. When a forgotten memory resurfaces but is not recognized by the person as such, they think it is to be something brand new and unique. Right. Okay. So this is a memory mm-hmm. that's all of a sudden new. Right. But it's not new. Yeah. This condition is known as cryptomnesia. I fucking said it right that time. A person could mistakenly believe they came up with a joke, a music, a name, a thought when they didn't mean to copy anything. Oh. Instead, they were simply experiencing a memory as if it were a fresh source of inspiration. And uh, this is a, a memory bias, I guess is what they call that. Right. So, okay, so that's kind of... Does that just mean that you just don't have... Like, you get a badass memory? Yeah, you just got a really bad memory, and you you think of something, and you're like, oh my god, I don't know why I didn't think of this before. But in reality, you did think of it before because you heard it somewhere else. That's fucked up. Yeah. 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 So Stevenson also asserted that there were a few instances, instances, that might have provided proof of, what is that, uh, xenoglossy? Xenoglossy, yeah. Including two in which a subject was said to have engaged in a conversation with speakers of the other language rather than just memorizing its terms. Re-examining these cases, University of Michigan linguist and skeptic Sarah Thomason came to the conclusion that, quote, the linguistic evidence is too poor to provide support for the assertions of xenoglossy. Yo, the shit is that? It's a phenomena. Something like a phenomena. Maybe you just gotta read ahead. The paranormal phenomena of a person being able to speak, write, or understand a foreign language that they could not have learned naturally is called xenoglossy. Right, like all the fucking, uh, uh, what do they call that, the exorcisms, when all of a sudden they're talking Latin and Russian and Chinese and shit when they only know English. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, isn't that fucking weird? Also known as uh, xenolalia. Xenolalia, yeah. (laughs) He may be some French. I don't know. Oh, it's French. Oh, I see what you did there. All right. (laughs) French parapsychologist Charles Richet. It does not Richet, okay? Don't get it started. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he coined the term uh, xenoglossy in 1905. That's a long time ago. Yeah. In addition to modern assertions made by uh, parapsychologists and reincarnation researchers like Ian Stevenson, the New Testament contains claims of xenoglossy. Oh. The existence of xenoglossy is a real phenomenon, and they say it's not supported by science, right? Right. In xenoglossy, there are two distinct categories. Incomprehensible use of an unlearned language is known as a, re- a re- ah, repetitious xenoglossy, ah, while comprehensively using an unlearned language as if it had already been learnt is known as responsive xenoglossy. Yeah, the first one is like when you're watching Deadpool and he's like, Donde esta la biblioteca? And it like underneath it, it says something completely different because he's like, and that's Spanish for I'm about to kick your ass. But in reality, it's where's the library? It, it, are you sure that's what that is? Yeah, and that like a biblioteca. Yeah. Not that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I know he says something about the library. He just doesn't know what the fuck is going on. But he's saying words that just seem to make sense. But he's using them in a different way. That's incomprehensible. Okay. 
So some reincarnationists didn't know that's what they were called. Stevenson, uh, n- uh, notoriously not included here, so the guy that wrote the book or whatever on this, yeah. and literally wrote like several books about this. <laughs> Twelve volumes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they place great emphasis on purported past life memories that are regained while hypnotized during past life regressions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hypnotizing. That's right. The technique, which was made popular by psychiatrist Brian Weiss, who claims to have taken patients back in time more than 4,000 times since 1980, is sometimes referred to as a form of pseudoscience. Full of shit. Really? I, this doesn't go back in, you don't go back in time all, all the time? You don't just take a nap and Listen, brother, dream about bombers nope, dropping bombs? Nope. If there's not a DeLorean in my driveway, I ain't going back in time. But what if there's a DeLorean in your dream? Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Now what? Now you're going back in time. Oh. And then you're going back to the future. Oh. That were at like some sort of a standstill, but I guess not. I don't know what's going on. Back in time. So these so-called memories have been shown to include historical mistakes derived from historical text, popular historical myths, or contemporary pop culture. Oh. Studies on people who had past life regressions found that the two most significant influences on the reported details of recollections were the individual's reincarnation beliefs mm-hmm. mm. and the hypnotist's, hypnotist's suggestions. Ah, so you do think that you were at this <clears throat> particular time. Yeah. It's mm. like when you like when you see these uh, interrogations or whatever, and they're just leading questions the yes. whole time. Yes, it's exactly all this. It's just leading questions. And you were drinking what kind of coffee in the day of the fourth at Starbucks? So you didn't do this. No, no you did. You did do this, right? So no, you could tell me if you did. And it was what color car was it? It was a red car, wasn't it? It, it was. So more, that's how that works, right there. More of a Merlot, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Merlot. <laughs> All right, so now, of course, you know, I'm sorry, but I believe hypnotism is full of shit as well, too. But that's just my opinion. And if you guys ever had been hypnotized, I'd love to hear your stories. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, I'd like to hear it so then I can tell you you're full of shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So the use of hypnosis and provocative inquiries may make a subject more prone to have a false or distorted uh, recollections, right? Provocative. Right. Mm. The source of the recollections is most likely cryptomnesia. Aha, we talked about that. And confibulations, oh. which makes experiences, knowledge, imagination, and suggestion or instruction from the hypnot- hypnot- hypnosis guy, <laughs> hypnotist, as opposed to recall or recall of a prior existence. Once they are formed, the memories become identical to memories based on actual life occurrences for the person. Oh, total recall. That makes sense. Have you seen that one? Actually, I have, yeah. Okay. Cool. Arnold. Nah! <laughs> That's what he did when he was on Mars. Nah! So, okay. So, basically, what they're saying here is that these, uh, these again, they're not actual occurrences. They're, they've been, there's something there that's either been fed to them or they've heard it from someplace else or, or something like that. Yeah. And so, they immediately think, like, oh, I was, you know, Hans Christian Andersen in a past life. Hans yeah. Christian Andersen. That's yeah. a hell of a name. Yeah. Man, you know. He actually wrote the story that... Never mind. <laughs> so, because it offers no proof for its assertions and makes people more susceptible to fall, uh, false recollections, past life regression has been criticized as immoral. Oh. According to Louis or Louis Cordon. Oh, Cordon. I'm going to say it's Louis Cordon. Oh, okay. This could be harmful because it breeds delusions while passing itself off as therapy. Mm-hmm, because it's fucking suicide. 
You are going to go to the grassy knoll. You are going to go to the yes. grassy knoll. <laughs> I am going to the grassy knoll. <laughs> Due to the fact that the memories are perceived as being equally vivid and impossible to distinguish from authentic recollections of actual occurrences, any damage may be challenging to repair. Remember, it's really fucking hard to prove or disprove any of this shit. Right. The use of past life regressions as a treatment technique has been contested by APA-recognized groups as unethical. Furthermore, the hypnotic technique used to support past life regression has come under fire for leaving the subject open to implantation of false memories. Aww. Gabriel Andrade, I'm going to say that's right. Yeah, sounds good. Right? Sounds good to me. Contends that past life regression violates the Hippocratic Oath's first do not harm non-maleficence tenet since the implantation of false memories may be damaging. Yeah. Yeah. So fucking quit it. Yeah, you're... Not you're being a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Right. Hippocratic oath, not yeah. the hypocritical oath, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> now that we have a phenomenal understanding of reincarnation and the simplified version of the soul, we would like to share some examples of firsthand accounts where reincarnation kind of uh, rears its head. Yeah, you got one for us? Yeah, uh, I got a few. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you. Oh, me personally? Yeah. I've, I've talked about what I think with yeah. certain stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were a Roman. No. No? No. Were you known as uh, Achilles' cousin? No. Bofidis? No. Bofidis nut? Ah! <laughs> hey, wait, Logan. Hold on. Damn it. <laughs> there it is. There, that's yeah, better. See, that's I'm better. not laughing. That's trying better. to do it. It's a lot easier. You're going to do it with your lips, though. It's easier. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right now, everyone's going, what the fuck are they doing? All right, so now all we ask of you, dear listeners, is to give us your honest opinions and maybe share your own stories or beliefs. Now, I know that was a lot to unpack during that whole little segment right there. And maybe we gave you a little path to go down. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you, we just hurt your head more. I'm leaning more towards that. Yeah. So we want to thank uh, listverse.com for some of their firsthand accounts of a reincarnation here. Okay. So we've got a, we got a few of them here for you. Yeah, just a couple. So let's see if you guys believe what or these folks may be saying. Maybe even heard of some of these. Ooh. Maybe you are one of these guys. <gasps> That'd be awesome. Tell us. <laughs> Do it. So uh, first, let's talk about Edward Austri- Austri- Austrian. Austrian? Austrian? Why, why did that seem so hard for me to say? <laughs> I, don't I didn't think it was right as I was looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Austrian. Austrian. Is it? It's Austrian. It's Austrian. Is it Austrian? It's Australian. <laughs> Stop it. God. <laughs> fuck. So a four-year-old boy called Edward Austrian, or let's just call him Edward, because okay. it just seems weird, Bloody. had been complaining of a sore throat since his mother can, you know, she could remember. He also can't stand uh, gray, did drizzly days, you know, apparently. Yeah. Right? He doesn't like the gray, shitty outside. Yeah, he doesn't He's like when it's not, dreary. Not a fan of the kind of weather we've been having around here lately. Yeah. Around this time, the little boy began referring to his sore throat as his shot. Oh. Hmm. His mother obviously didn't think anything of it. After all, you know, kids make shit up all the damn time because yeah. they're fucking kids. He, instead of saying shot, he actually meant shit. Right. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> doctor after doctor led to an unnecessary tonsil removal, oh. which then led to an unexplained cyst developing on Edward's throat. His parents were understandably, you know, worried about him. But then something strange happened. Edward started telling his mum... I love that mum. <laughs> Detailed stories from World War II. What? Things a four-year-old wouldn't be able to absorb and remember from a TV show or a movie. Mm. And I feel like that could be... A, maybe they could. 
I mean, it just depends if they're like I don't know. Maybe her grandpa talking about the right, stories. and you know, of course, you're infatuated with grandpa, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So anyway, he spoke of life on the trenches and the day-to-day goings on of the war, and then one day he told his mother or mum a graphic story of being shot in the throat and killed. "Quote: My name was James. I was 18 years old in France." He told his parents. "Quote: We were walking uh, along through the mud. It was damp. It was cold." My rifle is heavy. I, rem- I remember looking out and seeing trees, and then there was desolation. I heard a shot come from behind. It went through someone else, hit me square in the back of the neck, and I felt my throat fill with blood. So, uh, he's four years old. Yeah. And he said the word desolation. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, boy. Um, me and Charlie were down in the banks back in Nam. <laughs> Charlie blast his fucking jaw. All I did was smoke a cigarette. And then this one guy got shot in the ass and kept looking for Bubba. It was weird. <laughs> Something bit me. <laughs> it's fucked up. So Bruce Whittier is our next one here. I want to know what you guys think about that. Like uh, four years old, and yeah, you're you're not only talking about what happened, but like I heard a shot come from behind. It went through someone else. Hit me square in the back of the neck, and I felt my throat filled with blood. Why would a four-year-old know anything about that? Oh, wiggles are fucking distraughtening. <laughs> do we? Do we go? Do we go? Yeah. Oh boy. So number nine here, uh, well, this nine on the the list here, but I have an extra one for you guys. A bonus, if you will. Oh. Bruce Whittier had recurring dreams of being a Jewish man while hiding in a house with his family. Ha! Don't like the way that starts. <laughs> His name had been Stefan Horowitz, a Dutch Jew who was discovered in his hiding place along with his family and taken to Auschwitz, where he died. During and after the dreams, he felt panicked and restless. He began to record his dreams, and one night he dreamed about a clock, which he was able to draw in great detail upon waking, you know, when he woke up. Whittier dreamed about the location of the clock in an antique shop, and he went to go look for it. The clock was visible in the shop window and looked exactly like the one in his dreams. Whittier asked the dealer where it had come from, and uh, it transpired that the... It transpired, I love that word. (laughs) That the dealer had bought the clock... uh, Clock? Why did I say it like that? Clock from among the property of a retired German major in the Netherlands. And obviously this convinced Whittier that he had really, you know, had a past life and was taken to Auschwitz. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that one. Peter Hume is the next on our list here. Peter Hume, a bingo caller for Birmingham, England, started having... Is that his like, real like daytime job? Is that, is that <laughs> He's what you a do? bingo caller, yeah. Is that what you do? That's your job? B12. <laughs> like, that, that'd be amazing. To, no, J-13. that'd be the worst job. Ever. And we have bingo. Yay. Bingo in the third seat, fourth <laughs> row over. Blue shirt. He's a, That's a golf clap. I don't know if you guys get here. Or not. You uh, like bingo there, buddy. <laughs> you know, everyone bingo. I don't know. They they might get crazy over in England. <laughs> they probably do get it's crazy. Like B nineteen, mother. You know what I mean? I don't, who knows? I'm taking this back to the bank. Right. So anyway, he was over in. Uh, he was a bingo caller, and he started having very specific dreams about life on guard duty at the Scottish border in 1646. Which is weird that he just knows that exact date. Yeah. 
He was a foot soldier of Cromwell's army, and his name was Jean Raphael. When uh, he was put under hypnosis, mm -hmm, Hume remembered more details and locations. He started to visit places he remembered with his brother and even found small items that appeared to have come from the era in which he had lived, such as horse spurs. Hmm. With the help of a, uh, of a village historian in Comstock, South England, he even managed to positively identify details about a church that he, that he actually knew about. Hmm. He was able to tell her that the church used to have a tower with a yew tree growing from it. This was not a published fact. All right, so this wasn't like put in any kind of records. And it startled her that Hume actually knew this. And the uh, church tower had been taken down in 1676. Wow. In local registers here, all right, in the local papers, Jean, Ra Jean Raphael was discovered to have been married in the church. What? Wait, what? That's the, 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 the guy he thinks he was. That's crazy. And that, that church that's yeah. no longer there, that guy actually got married there. Ooh, that's oh. kind of weird. Oh. A Civil War historian, Ronald Hutton, investigated the case and asked Hume very uh, era-specific questions while under hypnosis. Hutton was not satisfied that Hume was totally in tune with the area of his past life, as he could not answer all his questions in a satisfactory way. Oh, oh, because you hypnotize people, you can turn down your nose, you dick. <laughs> I hate that. I'm not a fan of that. Anyway, so Gus Taylor. Uh, Gus Taylor was 18 months old when he started to uh, say that he was uh, <laughs> his own grandfather. Mm. <laughs> Look, my own grandpa. I'm my oh. own grandpa. <laughs> I'm my own grandpa. Oh, my God. Young children can be confused about their own identity and those of their family members, but uh, this was kind of different. His grandfather had died a year before Gus was born, and the boy totally believed that they were the same person. When shown some family photographs, Gus identified Grandpa Augie when he was four years old. There was a family secret that nobody had ever spoken about in front of uh, uh, or around Gus. Augie's sister had been murdered and dumped in the San Francisco Bay. Holy shit! Yikes. Yeah. The family were kind of confused when the four-year-old you know, started to talk about his dead sister. <laughs> what? <laughs> According to Gus, God gave him a ticket after he died. With this ticket, he was able to travel through a hole, after which he came back to life as Gus. That was a vagina. <laughs> that's the hole you came through. And your daughter's. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, then technically it's your daughter. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh boy. Welcome. Oh boy. Ah, five-year-old Imad Elowar from Lebanon started talking about his life in a nearby village. The first two words he spoke as a child were the names Jamale and Mahmoud. And at the age of two, he stopped a stranger outside and told him that they had been neighbors. The child and his parents were investigated by Dr. Ian Stevenson, you know, that guy we talked about earlier that has all those books. Yeah. Imad made over 55 different claims about his previous life. Okay, this is a five-year-old. Mm. The family visited the village that the boy had been uh, had spoken of together with Stevenson and found the house where he claimed he had lived. Imad and his family were able to positively identify 13 facts and memories that were confirmed as being accurate. Ooh. Imad recognized his previous uncle, Mahmoud, and his mistress from a <laughs> his mistress from a Marvel, former life, Jamale, from photographs. He was able to remember where he had kept his gun, a fact verified by others, and was able to have a chat with a stranger about their experiences during their uh, their army days. 
In total, 51 out of 57 of the experiences and places mentioned by Ahmad were verified during the visit. That one's pretty fucking trippy. Wow. Okay, so that sounds exactly like the one that I put in here at the end of this. Oh, does it? Except it's a, a little girl. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. But, I mean, it sounds, when I say exactly. Exactly? <laughs> We'll get to it. (laughs) So James Laniger here. So at a very young age, James Laniger uh, started to remember his life as a Navy fighter pilot. Uh, Airplanes were the only toys he would ever play with. And after a time, uh, his plane obsession turned into a nightmare. He lost a lot of sleep and kept talking about flying planes, about the weapons and the scary accident with his plane. James, who only watched kids programs on TV, showed his mother what a fighter plane, you know, drop tank was. Mm -hmm. Okay. And was able to check a plane over as a pilot would during a pre-flight check when he was just three years old. How the fuck would she know that he could do that? First off. Secondly, I'd like to actually see him do that. That's a pretty fucking extensive checklist. You literally have to check, like, everything. Do you even know what a drop tank is? Huh? Do you even know what a drop tank is? It's the thing on the back of my toilet, right? That's what you do to it. That's what I'm saying. You drop your tank. You drop in, and that's a tank behind it. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea what a drop tank is. It's just a big fuel tank that's on the uh, on the wings itself it's like an extra fuel oh yeah for like fighter planes and yeah, stuff. yeah like the p-51s used to fly with the the, the b-17s yeah. or like normandy and shit like that yeah, yeah they yeah. look like they're missiles or bombs but they're not they're it's tanks. just fuel that they yeah. can drop while they're flying after they've been ex- been used what, what would happen if they just dropped it full of fuel it would make a big napalm all right which some people actually used to do in the 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 what is it not the battle of okinawa the uh it was the pacific campaign a lot of the the pilots would actually drop their fuel tanks on aircraft carriers and battleships shit like that to set them a fire and shit like that it was basically like napalm but it went out kind of quick it's fucked up yeah it was a fucked up time okay so back to this little bastard. So the child was able to tell his father that he used to take off uh, from a boat called the Natoma and knew the name of a co-pilot, Jack Larson. The Natoma was indeed a Pacific ship, and Larson was still alive. Oh. After James told his father that he had been killed in his plane at Iwo Jima, his father discovered a pilot called James M. Houston Jr., who had actually died there. Ooh. This was especially strange as James had started to uh, sign his drawings, James III. James's family contacted Houston's sister and sent James a bust and a model airplane that had uh, had been returned to her by the Navy after her brother's death. It's kind of weird. Yeah, why would you send that to the kid? Right. Because he's claiming this shit? Right. I mean, it's weird that he's claiming this. Yes. And, and I get of, that. Kind of, yeah. But yeah. you're going to engage that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel at that point what you're doing is making... Things worse? Yeah, you're making it worse. Yeah, you're making it had nightmares over this fucking plane. Not only that, but the people whose you know relative had passed away, her brother's death. Yeah, and now she's got someone claiming that it's her brother. You know, way to add some false hope there. (laughs) Fucking kids suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, Ruth Simmons. One of the best known reincarnation stories is that of Ruth Simmons. In 1952, she underwent a series of hypnosis sessions during which um, her therapist. You know, this quack. Anyway, uh, Maury Bernstein regressed her back to her birth. She suddenly started to speak with a heavy Irish accent and remembered many specific details from her life as Bridie Murphy, who had lived in Belfast right in the 19th century. Not many of the things she mentioned could be verified. 
Shocker. <laughs> then why are we even talking about this? <laughs> However, she recalled two people from whom she used to buy her food, a Mr. John Kerrigan and a Mr. Fire. The town directory of, for uh, 1865 to 1866 lists the two individuals as grocers. The story gross. is shown in a film from 1956 called The Search for Bridie Murphy. Oh. Yeah. It's an old movie. So that's, they made a movie because you remembered? <laughs> about a couple of people that... What the... F- when you got money, you just do stupid shit with it, Sure, right? I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, next up. Cameron McCauley was born in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, Cameron McCauley. <laughs> oh, he's definitely like that. Ah. Since the age of two... He told his mother he was from an island called Barra, off the west coast of Scotland. He talked about a white house and a beach on which planes landed. He had a black and white dog, and his dad's name was Shane Robinson. He was killed by a car. He drew the white house by the beach and complained of uh, missing his other mother. That's kind of fucked up, kid. Hey, Mom, (laughs) thanks for giving birth to me. I really miss my other mom from my past life. (laughs) What the fuck? It's like worse than being a stepmom. As the child got more and more upset about missing Barra, his mother took him on a visit to the island, which was an hour-long flight away. So not far, you know. Yeah. The plane landed on the beach. The family found a white house owned by the Robertsons, and the black and white dog was in one of their family photographs, along with a car that Cameron had remembered. However, nobody recalled someone named Shane. Huh. Cameron knew his way around the house and was able to point out all its uh, peculiarities here. So, in other words, he'd walk around and be like, yeah, that's where I used to hang my belt up, you know, over here. Yeah. See the hole in the wall? I yeah. made that. Yeah, I punched that shit one time because she didn't make my haggis the way I wanted it. Because <laughs> they're Scottish, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's haggis. Haggis. <laughs> Hid. Move. <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry, where the fuck? So, as he grew older, Cameron slowly lost his memories, but he is still convinced that death is not the end. Like Gus Taylor, okay, we talked about him. He stated that he ended up in his mother's tummy <laughs> after he fell through a hole. The story was picked up by a British television, uh, you know, show or whatever, making the Barra case one of the best documented reincarnation stories. Okay, documented doesn't necessarily mean true. <laughs> doesn't mean factual. Right. All right. Ooh, Parmad Sharma, okay, was born in India in 1944. When he reached the age of two, he told his mother that his wife in Moradabad uh, could cook for him, so she did not have to. Okay, I, I guess. Maha, you don't have to work for me no more. I got somebody else. Who can yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't even like the way you make my French toast. Just stop. My other wife is so she's so good at this, man. Like just just let let it go. Just fucking fly her in, please. Yeah, yeah. Just can you just call her real quick? Two years old too. Probably not making not even making any sense when he talks. Like and in his head he's thinking, bitch, you fucked up my French toast. Just call my wife. So Marabad was uh, 145 kilometers for you smart folk, or 90 miles away from his birthplace in uh, Bisauli. Between the ages of three and four, Parmad described a business venture called Mohan Brothers, where he had worked with family members selling cookies and water. <laughs> so he's four years old, and he's just like, oh, yeah, we got this business. Yeah, we make cookies, and we sell water. Yeah, you know, I got, I got a business. No business. milk, but we I sell got, water. Hey, Mom, I got a business venture for you. <laughs> How about you give me 20 bucks, and I'll tell you what it's about. <laughs> Jesus. He built miniature shops and served his family mud cookies and water. 
that's a horrible business plan, kid. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, can someone stop this kid from doing this? He had been a well-off tradesman and complained about the financially lo- uh, less rosy situation of his current family. <laughs> He's looking at his nose. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> My other family was fucking awesome. We made cookies. I had to deal with this fucking mud shit. We had water. This is fucking crick this shit. Is crap. <laughs> Fuck this shit. And it, it, it's still in the same time. <laughs> oh my god! He said that he had become very ill after eating it in his old life. Oh, talking about uh, the he didn't like curd. Okay, and he wouldn't touch it because he had gotten sick after eating it in his former life. Pramod hated being submerged in the bath and told his parents that he had died in a bathtub. No. Oh. Pramod's parents promised to take him to a Marabad to Ma- Maradabad once he had learned to read. It turned out that there was a family, okay, by the name of Mera, that had run a soda and cookie shop called Mohan Brothers. Oh. Manager uh, Par- ah, Parmanand Mera had died in 1943 after going on curd, going wait, gorging on curd. That's <laughs> going. Gorging on curd and suffering from a gastrointestinal illness and uh, peritonitis. What is that? Peritonitis. That's what I said. What is that? Uh, it's a thing that happens when you fuck up your... Got that? All right. Per- peritin. <laughs> <laughs> from which he eventually died. So Parmanad had tried medicinal baths as a cure and had been given a bath very shortly before his death. Mm. Come on. It happened, man. Get to the... F- Fuck out of here. What? Yeah, it legit no. it's documented, man. Gabbage. <laughs> this one's even Gabbage. better. Do you guys know who Steve Jobs is? Who? Uh, Steve Jobs. Okay. Um, He and a friend of his yeah. um, back, way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually started a little company in their uh, garage. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was it selling mud cookies and water? No, actually, they started uh, building like computers and stuff. Oh, nice. Good yeah, for them. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they wound up being this. I know you probably haven't heard of it, but it's called Apple. Oh, really? I don't know if you ever heard of that. No, I no. like my pears better. Okay. Yeah. So that's 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 this one's about him. Oh, okay. nice. Okay. So a software engineer called Tony Tsung. Is that Tsung? Tsung. 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 You need to have more thum in your voice. Tsung. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> is, is that better? Ah, <laughs> Tony Sung. <laughs> Fatality. <laughs> an employee of Apple, all right, sent an email to a Buddhist group in Thailand asking if they could tell him what happened to Apple founder Steve Jobs after he had passed away. The answer was that Jobs is now a celestial philosopher in a glass palace that hovers over the Apple headquarters in Cupertino, California. <laughs> <laughs> this can't do this right now. What? It's, oh. And everything we're using right now is all philosophical Composure. bullshit. Composure. Composure. <laughs> I got this. In Malaysia, a group of Jobs, uh, Steve Jobs admirers performed a religious ceremony after his funeral. During the ceremony, the group each took a bite from an apple. Okay. Before throwing it into the sea to speed up the process of reincarnation. Fra Kaibul Damrajayo, one of the ab- abbots of the, uh, oh my God, uh, the Makaya Temple, is convinced that Jobs had already been reborn. He is now a divine presence with a specific interest in science and art. Followers have, re- have received this information through a uh, special message that was broadcast worldwide. Apparently, more specific details will be communicated when Jobs feels the need to pass on any knowledge 
or messages. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're welcome. That's like legit. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Hold on. I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just before we get into this last one here. Oh. I I just want to uh, unpack this for a second. You know. Yeah. That you have made uh-huh. a worldwide impact when there is an entire uh, religious sect that wants you to come back to be reincarnated mm-hmm. because they admired you so much. Yeah, like the Fonz. This is way more. <laughs> this is way more. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> Holy shit. So they just eat an apple and throw it in the water and say, hey, you're going to come back. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, was not expecting that one. Holy crap on a cracker. All right. One last person who claims they were reincarnated. Now, this one sounds very familiar to the one we talked about before, the the Indian kid uh, with the four-year-old or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, went to the house was like, eh, that's where I pushed my wife down the steps. That one. Yeah. <laughs> so, born on December 11th, 1926, Shanti Devi, or Shanti Devi, appeared to be a perfectly normal baby until around the age of four when she began to ramble on about a past life in a town called Mathura, nearly 75 miles away. Sound familiar yet? Mm-hmm. Shortly after she learned to speak, Devi regaled her parents with stories of a uh, past her past life in a town neither she nor her parents had ever been to. Simple events would trigger memories of this, like eating a meal that reminded her of food she used to enjoy in her old days or while getting dressed She'd tell her mother about the clothes she used to wear. Aww. Devi eventually informed her parents that her previous name was Lugdi and that she died shortly after bearing a son in October of 1925. She added uncanny details about her labor pains and the surgical procedures she underwent. Such facts, it seemed, that uh, couldn't have been conjured up by even the most imaginative kid. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty wild. Kind of like getting shot in the back of the throat and <laughs> right. up blood. Is it just... The vernacular is what got me on that one. Just like the way he spoke. A desolate field. <laughs> like, you can't even spell desolate. What are you talking about? When she revealed the name of her former husband, Devi's family was shocked to discover that he was actually still alive and lived precisely where Devi had said she was from. Ooh. A historic meeting was arranged between them. That not even science could quite explain. And I, by the way, I got this from all that is, uh, what is it, the, the website? Um, all that is reincarnated? No, <laughs> no, that'd be funny. <laughs> no, it's uh, all that is. Ah, uh, damn it! I, I've, they're awesome anyway. I'll find. I'll put it in the notes. So uh, Devi recalled in startling detail all the shops and streets in the town. She also began to speak of her husband, a merchant whose name she refused to reveal until she was about nine years old. Okay, she's like, no, I'm not going to say what his name is. Uh-huh. Until she thought of one. Um, but she did tell her parents that he was uh, fair, had a wart on his left cheek, and wore reading glasses. Interesting. Okay. Despite the unusual spe- uh, specificity of her memories, Devi's parents dismissed her recollections as mere childishness. Mm. Child- childishness. That's a hard one, too. Childishness. Childishness. Say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but when Devi revealed that her uh, husband's name was uh, Pandit... Karanath Shaube. Is it Shaube or Shaube? Shaube. Shaube, right? Shaube. All right. Sometimes referred to as Kedarnath, a friend of the family decided to find out if there was any truth to what she had been saying. 
The friend sent a letter to a merchant named Kedar Nath in Mathura to inquire about Devi's unusual memories. To the friend's surprise, uh, Mr. Nath here wrote back confirming all of the details. What? Nath also agreed to send a relative to Devi's home to gauge the situation. In an effort to test her knowledge, remember she's nine. The relative was brought uh, before Devi first and introduced as her husband. Okay, so the relative went there. Ah, and he's like, yes, it's me. I'm the husband. Devi was not fooled and said, absolutely not. Fuck y'all. This was her husband's cousin. Oh, shit. So she like dimed him out. She knew. She's like, who the fuck this bitch? Right, right. She's like, nah, son. (laughs) Nah, son. (laughs) So now shocked, Nath and the child he had with Lugdi, now 10 years old, entered the homes themselves. So in other words, just perspective here. Mm Mm-hmm. She is believes she is the reincarnated Lugdi. Mm-hmm. So now Lugdi's actual 10-year-old is coming into the house. She's like 9 or 10, and then her supposed daughter's coming into this room, this building, this house right now. Mama. Right. Weird. Yeah. Upon seeing them, Devi reportedly burst into tears. Nath requested to speak to Devi on his own, and by his own admission, claimed that each response she gave to his questions was entirely accurate. Whoa. Quote, he found uh, the replies to be quite correct and was moved to tears. Aww. And that was an account by an investigator in the case in 1937. Quote, it was uh, as thought his dead wife was actually speaking. Mm. Shanti spent several days with Kadar Noth and his son before he uh, they had to return to Mathura. Saddened by the departure, she pleaded with her parents to let her take a trip to her former home. She wanted to go back to her old house, right? Yeah, it makes sense. She promised she could lead them directly to her old house and and perhaps to persuade them further, explain that she had a box of money buried there. Oh, shit. Okay. Devi's parents, you know, they relented. Though considering the story had captured the attention of uh, Mahatma Gandhi, oh, you know, the Gandhi, yeah. they obviously had to do this, right? They had to because if, if Gandhi's hearing this, he's like, uh, you, you guys should probably check it out, you know, like, you know. I'm just saying. I don't know. That was really horrible. I'm sorry for any of you. <laughs> the famed Indian leader. You, you guys should expect that by now. But seriously, <laughs> the famed Indian leader set up a commission to investigate the astonishing case. And in November of 1935, a dozen researchers joined Devi and her parents on the three-hour train ride to Mathura. Oh. This is her old hometown, right? Okay. She's going back to check out her house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Find that money she loves. Right. Right. She got that box of loot. Mm. She got to get them diamonds. Right. Diamonds, wow. I mean, you think maybe they're pretty cool, but dope. This is 1935. I mean, diamond were diamonds like big back then? Diamonds always been big. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, as one of the investigators recounted, quote, once getting out of the railway station, the girl was put in the front seat and our carriage went ahead of all others. Necessary precautions were taken that no pedestrian should be allowed to lead the way. Hmm. The driver was instructed to follow the route indicated only by the girl without caring as to where he went. In other words, they're like, listen, this little girl in the front seat, go where she tells you to go. But for the whole time, make sure that meter keep running. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, wherever you want to go, click, click. (laughs) Sure enough, Debbie had no problem directing the group to what she claimed was her former home. Right away. Along the way, she noted various streets that hadn't been paved earlier in buildings that weren't there during her previous life. The driver confirmed these observa- observations, and they were correct. Wow. 
While exploring the house with uh, Kadar Noth, Mr. Noth over here, that's her former husband, a member of the commission asked about the buried treasure that she had mentioned. Yeah. Oh, so where's his money at? With a booty. Yeah, where's that? Shanti Devi promptly ran upstairs and headed straight to a corner of a room, declaring the box was hidden beneath the floorboard. Kadar Noth, you know, the AX husband or husband or whatever, opened up the flooring and indeed found a small coffer. Hmm. But it was empty. Of course it was. Ah. Or should that mean we were more of a... <laughs> yeah, I kind of lean more towards that. As soon as she mentioned money hidden somewhere, he was like, that bitch definitely hid some shit from me. About to go home and find it. <laughs> she died me out. She died me. I knew it. So now shocked, obviously, Shanti Devi began looking inside the hole. She was sure the money was there. Now, Mr. Noth then admitted that he had actually taken the cash after his wife had passed away. After he heard her talk about it. <laughs> it wasn't after she died. It was after he heard her talk about it. Be like, that bitch definitely left some money and here. He's like, oh, there's, mo- there's money in the house? Okay, uh, I'm going to go. Uh, call me later. <laughs> so Devi's reunion tour of uh, Mathura um, continued to her uh, former parents' house as well. Quote, she not only recognized it, but was also able to identify her father, her old father, and mother in a crowd of more than 50 people. Wow. One of the investigators actually in this whole thing actually wrote about this. Quote, the girl embraced her parents who wept bitterly at her sight. Aww. Though she wished to stay in Mathura longer, Devi's parents, you know, her actual parents, the current parents, or I guess you'd say, and the investigators were soon going back to uh, Delhi. In the report, the commission found, quote, no rational explanation for what they witnessed. Not only Devi was able to recall her life before, it seemed, obviously, to everybody, but she also had an explanation for the afterlife. Hmm. In 1936 and 19, uh, 1939, she relayed her experience in death to skeptics and hypnotists, mm-hmm. those bastards, alike. She claimed that at the time of her death, she felt dizzy and enveloped in a, quote, profound darkness before a flash of light revealed four men in yellow underwear before her. Okay. Is it like the four horsemen, except they just don't have any clothes on? Is that what this is? Stink mop. <laughs> That's all I think about is, is a love guru and they're all playing what? stink mop in their yellow underwear. What is? Okay, I don't know what that even is. Quote, <laughs> All the four seemed to be in their teens, and their appearance and dress were very bright. She once said, while under hypnosis, quote, they put me in a cup and carried me. Mm. In a cup now, okay. Okay. Devi said she saw the Hindu god Krishna showing each person a record of their good and bad activities on earth and telling them what would happen to them next. Interesting. Then, Devi said she was taken to a golden staircase from which she could see a river as, quote, clean and pure as milk. That's that's just white. It's a white river. That's not clean. I then. mean, they they. I don't I don't know. Don't they like cows and shit over there? Yeah. So maybe they're just relating to the cows' milk as like a holy thing, you know? Yeah, but you ain't jumping into a white river, are you? I mean, if it's made of milk, maybe. Ooh, I'm bringing the Oreos. Exactly. Can you imagine? What if it was eggnog? <laughs> I love eggnog. Fuck Jesus, I yeah, love eggnog. Same. Mm-hmm. Everyone out there right now is like, that's gross. Nope. Fuck you. <laughs> She said she saw souls there, and they appeared like flames in lamps. That's kind of 
Okay. Mm. Warm milk now. Yeah. <laughs> Years later, a 1958 newspaper interviewed, um, you know, it followed up with her after whatever. At the time, Shanti Devi was 32 years old and had never married. She was living a quiet, spiritual life in Delhi. She also said she planned to form an organization, quote, devoted to the idea of living our lives according to the dictates of the inner voice. Hmm. Shanti Devi passed away in 1987 at the age of 61. Aww. However, her story lives on courtesy. There's a book you guys can actually check out uh, uh, by Stuhl Lonestrand, Swedish author, Stuhl Lonestrand. <laughs> it was in 1994. Yeah, you can you can go check that book out if you want. So, F- so yes. Last one, a little, a little fucked up. Yeah, that one was definitely a little fucked up. Yeah, a little. I still think he got dimed out about the money, that's all. Off kilter, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. One recurring theme with a lot of these stories, though, is that the uh, prior life that's experienced was cut short during a traumatic event. Yeah. Now, as we all know, most hauntings seem to be along the same lines. Oh. So are hauntings just reincarnation of the life lost with unfinished business? Oh, shit. Perhaps stuck in purgatory. Oh. Well, I guess after this long-ass episode, we still don't have any answers. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully, though, we have put you closer on the track to figuring it out for yourselves. And listen, if you guys figure something out, make sure to drop a line, right? Get a hold of us. Tell us what you're doing. Tell us that you believe or don't believe. Yeah. Tell us your experiences. I'd love to hear that. Same. After all, we can't figure, you know, all this right now. But, you know, maybe when I come back. Yeah, when you come back, you just be like, hey, I was was on the world's second most popular podcast, all right? That's right. That's and right. Everyone's be like, "Oh, really? Joe Rogan's podcast had a, a sub second one, huh?" Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna come back as like, I don't know, Scrooge, a, a tree. No, sea cucumber, man. But not like a cool tree. I'm gonna come back as like a a redwood. Uh, no, an apple tree. No, so everyone can eat the fruit of your efforts. No, what's a shitty tree? A shit tree. An ash tree. I don't know. A spruce, because no one likes all the fucking pine needles everywhere. Never mind. I'm not coming back as a tree. <laughs> Trees are fucking elegant, man. Come back as bamboo. So listen, yeah. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? And maybe we'll maybe we maybe we do this in another life, in a future life. Maybe that's what happens. Yeah, we're gonna come back and do a reincarnation episode after we're reincarnated. That's what I'm saying. Hell yeah. Yeah. On the world's third most popular podcast. God damn it, it's second. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show. The movie review. Which top ten movies will make the cut today? Ah, ta da! Ah! So we're talking about the best uh, movies about uh, uh, ping pong, right? No, it's pong ping. Pong. Oh, oh, oh! My bad. Pong ping. Pong ping. Pong ping. Um, yin yang. Yin and yang. Reincarnation. Reincarnation. Tarnation. <laughs> we're talking about reincarnation. That's right. So we're talking about the 10 best movies about reincarnation. And guess what? It's off a of ranker. Woo. Which we love ranker because they give us all the other lists and stuff like that. Woo. Um, Let's see here. At number 10 on our list. Never heard of this. Really? N- like you have. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I know, I know you haven't. This is Fluke from 1995. Yeah. With Matthew Modine, Nancy Travis, and Eric Stoltz. What? Don't know any of those guys. Nancy Travis was uh, in um, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, with Mike Myers. Yes, nice. that was the chick that That's, he thought was the murderer. It's on Hulu now. Yeah. 
Eric Stoltz was the guy that played the mask, who was initially supposed to be uh, Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And Matthew Modine. Ah, I know a bunch of his movies, but I can't think of them right now. Yeah. Anyway, never heard of this one. So, yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> no, it says uh, workaholic Matthew Modine, Thomas P. Johnson, whatever, has achieved professional success at the expense of his family life, having neglected his wife, Carol, and son. Uh, let me guess. He dies and comes back as a dog. After Johnson wrecks his car in a dangerous street race with a co-worker, uh, Eric Stoltz, he finds himself watching his own funeral, returning to Earth as a dog. Johnson finds his family and struggles to have a positive influence on their lives in spite of his canine form. You know another movie that should have that that I'm surprised isn't in the top ten? What's that? The one with uh with with Chris Rock. Was it the when from heaven or whatever? All angels fall from heaven or some shit like that. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's yeah, not on here, huh? No, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, uh, that's hold on. It's got to be on here. I'm gonna see where it's at. Oh, uh, I looked at through at least. 25. Arandate, Magdahira. Remember we talked about that. Chances are, oh my god, have you ever seen that? What? That's with a young Robert Downey Jr. What movie? Chances are, no. Where he comes back as like this chick's ex-husband or whatever like that. Oh, yeah. Wow. He's a young dude. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in time. Hold on. Golden Child. Oh, that's where that's where my comment came from. Good to keep the yang up. That's the, nothing wrong with my yang. That's that's where that came from. Ah, Eddie Murphy. Oh, uh, amazing movie. Okay, amazing. Okay. That's on. That's number nineteen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. This this can sucks. S my D. Anyway, moving on. Number nine, however, is 1992. Candyman. Candyman. <laughs> Candy. <laughs> Virginia Madsen, Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley. They just remade this recently, and I thought the remake was pretty cool. Not yep. going to lie. I like the original better, only because I saw it when I was younger, and it scared the piss out of me. <laughs> so skeptical. You guys know what Candyman is, right? Yeah. You guys have seen that one. You know, she says Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. I just said that three times, bitch. Aw, snap. We're going to get a candy can underneath the bed now. Well, that's sweet. Okay. Anyway, you say that, the guy comes back, and he freaking yucks you up because uh, he was you know, brutally murdered in the past life. So now so, he's going to brutally murder you for no reason. Right. Number eight, Defending Your Life from 1991 with Albert Brooks. I honestly can't stand Albert Brooks as an actor. Really? Never could. But uh, what other movies are you in? Um, it doesn't matter. Ah. So moving on. It did have Meryl Streep in it, though. Nice. And it says uh, Albert Brooks isn't having a good week. For starters, he died after he got hit by a bus. Then he discovers that in the afterlife, he must defend his actions on Earth in order to ascend to a higher plane of existence. Kind of sounds like the movie Soul. It's like every movie ever. Yeah. Anyway, he just he's so like... <laughs> um, number seven, Audrey Rose, mm-hmm. Marsha Mason, Anthony Hopkins, oh, and John Beck. Husband and wife, uh, let's see, and Bill Templeton lead a pleasant life residing in New York and sending their daughter, Ivy, to a good school. Things change, though, when the odd Elliot Hoover arrives and tells the couple that after having spent time in India, he believes Ivy is the reincarnated spirit of his daughter who died years earlier. The Templeton scoff. <laughs> is that a scoff? <laughs> or is it? <laughs> but ensuing supernatural events soon take or turn their lives upside down. This is actually number 46 of 57 of the best scary movies based on true stories. Is it really scary? I'm, or is I, it scary that it could happen? I don't know. Oh. Uh, number 324 of 552 of the best 70s movies. Okay. Number 17 of 20 of 20 shocking horror movie endings that took you by surprise. I kind of think I want to watch this. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, number six. Number six. Uh, this is, uh, let's see. It doesn't even have a year on it. A Dog's Purpose. 
Britt Robertson, KJ Appa, Juliet Rylance. Who made this list? It's a 2017 American comedy drama for, uh, film directed by Lass, La, La, her name's Lassie. <laughs> it's called A Dog's Purpose. It's Lassie. Fuck out of here. Lassie, no. Her name's Lassie. Stop no. it. I'm, it's probably Lassie, but I'm calling your fucking ass Lassie. It looks like Lassie. <laughs> anyway, I don't even know. It's just talking about reincarnation from dog breeds. All right, so. Oh, number five. This movie is fantastic. Highly recommended to anybody. What Dreams May Come, Robin Williams. We've talked about this on uh, one of the other ones we just did recently. Yeah, so it's great. He yeah. goes looking for his wife because, you know, he died and she died before him. So he went looking forward. It's just, it's beautifully done. The cinematography really? is fucking gorgeous. Anything with Robin Williams is just a masterpiece. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. I do. I still wish he was my dad. No, I love my dad. I'm just saying. Like, oh, yeah. I always thought it'd be cool to have him as your dad. You know? Yeah. Same. Like Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I am your dad. Stop it. I'm better. Anyway. What? Um,. <laughs> 1991, number four here, Dead Again with Kenneth Branagh, Emma Thomas Thompson, excuse me, and Andy Garcia. When a mute woman suffering from amnesia arrives at the gates of an old orphanage, private investigator Mike Church is asked to find out who she is. With the help of a hypnotist, the woman regains her voice and recalls vivid past memories of a couple from the 1940s torn apart by murder. Oh, no. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty dope. Number 91 of 118 of the best movies of 1991. Wow. Number no, that's really low on the list. To be honest, <laughs> it's really why well, it's even number four on this list. Well, I guess it's a kind of a, whatever. Yeah. Number eight of twenty of twenty underrated murder mysteries that make us feel like master detectives. Okay. And number eight of thirteen of thirteen times Robin Williams, the nicest guy ever, got dark for a role and nailed it. Wait, Robin Williams is in this? Wait, really? <laughs> what? Oh, she. Okay, I'm gonna have to look this up. It's called Dead Again. All right, I gotta look into that one because it doesn't say anything about his name in here. All huh. right. Huh. What's number one in that? Hold on. In 1991? <laughs> no, the the Robin Williams. Oh. Uh, number one, Insomnia. Yeah, that yeah. movie's awesome. Have uh, you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. It's, why do I keep at? I, well, I want to stop I, asking. I've seen a few of his movies. For now, just, just yell at me when you've seen something. I don't like sad movies. <laughs> just just wave me down. <laughs> when you, when you, hey, I've seen that one. Um, number uh, three on our list uh, is The Reincarnation of Peter Proud. From 1975. Wow. Michael Sarazen, Margot Kidder, who was Lois Lane in the original um, Superman movies. Wow. And Jennifer O'Neill. Don't know who the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> uh, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I'm sure it's about reincarnation. Anyway, uh, number two, Cloud Atlas. This movie was horrible. Yeah, this is a newer movie with uh, fucking Chan Tatum, right? Nope. This is Tom Hanks, 2012. Oh. Super overly done, where like there's different lives going on with all these different people, but it's still the same. Ugh. Ah. Ugh. Yeah. This is on like, hold on, number two of the worst movies that Jonathan's ever watched and hates his life for it. That makes sense. What's number one? Um, every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this movie just sucked. I'm sorry. If you guys liked it, that's whatever. Uh, oh, it's number five, 13 of the best movies. Roger Ebert uh, gave four stars. Roger Ebert can take both of his thumbs up and stick them right up his ass. Uh, that's how I feel about that guy. Really? Anyway, number one, 2014, I Origins, uh, starring Michael Pitt. Is that like a relation to Brad Pitt? I don't know. Britt Marling and Astrid Burgess Frisbee. Is it like an <laughs> anime or something? Nope. Oh. All it says is a molecular biologist study of the human eye has far reaching implications about humanity's scientific and spiritual beliefs. Uh, 
All I have to do is... Why is this number one? All I have to say is that whoever made this list fucking sucks. Oh, you son of a... Because you got the wrong freaking thing on here. Do I? Yeah. Why? No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the movies today. The movie Sad. list was definitely... Shitty. <sighs> it wasn't good. It weren't good. Still kind of sad that the mummy wasn't on it that. It weren't good. Yeah, like uh, the mummy should have been on there. Uh, the Chris Rock one yeah. should have been on there. Yeah, like that's garbage. All dogs go to heaven. <gasps> right. Fucking so many good. What movies. the shit? Fuck. What a bunch of fuck that fuck. movie list. Stupid. I do notice that a lot of people complain about the movie list. Really? We don't make those. We don't make those movie. Oh, lists they just all. complain about what's being ranked. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Ah, no, not not about us doing it. Okay, they actually, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, but I'm okay. saying they're always like, "What the fuck? Why is this not on there? Why is this not on there?" I I don't know. I you don't. Know, write you the know list. how we fix that? You guys sign up for Ranker and you upvote the movies that you think should be on the list, and then we'll go back through and read it, and we'll make our own list and make it even better. Uh, yeah, yeah. What he just said. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm sorry, I was not listening. And I don't even know what. Sometimes I'm <laughs> mouth. You know, it's not good. So anyway, that was reincarnation. I knew it was going to be a doozy. I knew it. You yeah. did great on this one. Thanks. Seriously, man. Like, it's awesome. Uh, it was so much information. <sighs> what so, I do. where do you stand? I know um, we've kind of talked about this, and we're kind of deeping de- 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 a bed mule, is what I was about to say. <laughs> yep. I was, I'm tired. I've been up way earlier than I should have been. You were up at the same time as I was. I don't get up that early. I go to bed very late. I own a bar, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well... I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Right. So I was just, I was up very late last night and got up super early. And I'm like, dude, I've been like just running on fumes all fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of caffeine. So where do you stand? Um. Uh, well, I think that I don't know. And that is the best answer that you'll ever get. Because we don't know. We don't. Yeah. We absolutely have no idea. Until we become flatliners ourselves, yes. we do not know. Yeah. But I do want to know what you guys think. Yes, I please. want to know if you guys think, do you guys believe in the reincarnation thing? Did you like the reincarnation joke? <laughs> <laughs> reincarnation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so dumb, but it's so good. It's fucking perfect. It is good. So anyway, let us know what you guys think. If you guys thought that, if you think about it, maybe you have stories. Maybe it's a possibility. Even if you have something to kind of remind you, and we've talked about before, yeah. about how uh, deja vu can kind of, right. there's there's talks of how that could be, you know, your former life kind of piercing mm. through. Or may, or I heard something the other day about deja vu is basically your other self in a different um, universe. In, universe in the multidimension. Mm poking through at that time where it crosses kind of each other it's fucking crazy yeah like like almost like you walked into your own self at the same time and so that's where you're getting that deja vu oh man yeah yeah that's fucking deep yeah oh i don't know anyway let us know what you think and also make sure to stop over to our official website that's the midnight dream podcast.com that's www.themidnighttreampodcast.com you mean www www is the only uh kind of what is that an acronym is that what they call it yeah it's an acronym sure. right I, I believe so yeah. that actually is longer than the intentional words that are behind it yes World Wide web yep www <laughs> way more syllables than that anyway <laughs> 
Over there at our website, you can buy some super sweet merchandise. Super sweet. Including the new Maurice the Ripper shirt. Fucking amazing. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. I'm proud of that one. Don't yeah. kill the people, Maurice. <laughs> no, Maurice. Stop stabbing everybody. <laughs> you can also find all kinds of shirts over there. Duke of Fingerbum, the uh, the the chill Kuklinski shirt, uh, Don't Be a DeSalvo shirt, the Switchblade wielding Jersey Raccoon shirt, hats, phone cases, all kinds of stuff. And listen, if you guys want something special... Let me know, and I will get it done. Yeah, like Dad's face. And oh, boy. On a shirt. Oh, boy. Yeah? Yeah. That would be pretty dope, actually. Oh, we should get, like, uh, targets with our faces on it. Just so they could... They could shoot. They could shoot at us. That's I'd rather it be on a target than in real life. <laughs> just just saying. Oh, show. Also, do me a favor. Stop over and get yourself some Dr. Squatch soap. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I do have to say... Uh-oh. They make your balls itchy? <laughs> My name's not Bill. All right. Um, no, I opened up one recently, and uh, it didn't have the grit in it. I have to have the grit. You gotta have that exfoliating. I gotta have so the grit. Put microplastics yeah. in what? This one's what? What? This one's way too smooth. So when I'm using it, it's like it's so nice and like frothy and whatnot. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it's you know what I mean. I don't know. I'm just used to the. the I want the grit. Get I you. Like and the they frost. have different stages of grit. Oh, they do. Oh yeah. Nice. You can get like heavy grit, light grit, stuff like that, like or no paper, grit. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta take off some dead skin. Well, off there goes that tattoo. <laughs> so anyway, get yourself some Doctor Squatch soap. It's actually awesome. You guys know about it. You you've seen it online. Everyone talks about it. Get twenty percent off your first subscription. Yeah. Just go on over to our website, themidnightdreampodcast.com. Click on sponsors. Click on the banner and uh, get that code. All right. And there's gonna be some new stuff coming up because I know they have all kinds of shit going on. So super excited for the Halloween it's, stuff. Maybe it's, yeah, it's yeah. taking forever, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And also, we have a, a few other sponsor shits coming up too. So you guys be ready for that. Booyah. And if you like what you heard from us, please consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button, or go to patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast uh, or accidental dads. Oh, right? Yeah. And uh, for as little as five bucks a month, you can get uh, all kinds of cool stuff. You know, you, the bonuses are what's more important. Yes. But there's all kinds of cool stuff in there. You can get stickers. You can get, depending on what tier you're at, you can get all kinds of cool shit. And they come quarterly, too, which is awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Very nice. I get these uh, uh, little notices, notifications that tell me, like, your patrons are now receiving their new stickers. And I'm like, oh. what fucking sticker was it? <laughs> because I don't remember shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, and at uh, the ten dollar and up level, you guys, I'm telling you, I'm working on something cool for you, and it's going to be something that we're going to be doing um, very not free, I, frequently, but not like frequently. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's going to be something cool that you guys get little perks, little perks for the ten dollar and up crowd. Uniqueness, right? Yeah. So it's it's working. It's just uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a busy man. Yes, you are. But it, it'll happen. It will. Whether Logan has to do it or not. Probably the first. Right. Yeah. So listen, anyway, get over there, sign up, support us. And, uh, you know, obviously we're going to be donating to, uh, you know, one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest charities out there. For sure. And it's the Save the Music Foundation. And I know everyone's like, what about cancer stuff? I get it. I understand where you're coming yeah, it's, from. It's different. 100%. Yes. Same time. But with, with me, I'm, you know, I'm a, I've been a musician and been in love with music since I, I can yeah, remember. Yeah, so I really want to, and we really want to give back to, you know, and we want to keep music going in schools yeah. and stuff. Because honestly, you can look up all the research, you can do everything you want, and you will find out that music in schools and children and students that are involved in uh, musical uh, activities and programs and stuff, they do way better in school. Right. I was a failure in school until I started to learn how to play the recorder, and then I was an ace student. That's facts. You heard it here, folks. There it is. 
I don't know if that ruined our shit or that. <laughs> anyway, just, yeah, you know, whatever you guys buy, whatever you guys, if you donate, um, you know, what you can donate, if you just want to throw a one-time thing out there, paypal.com, the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. And 20% of everything we do goes to the Save the Music. All right? Save the Music. Right. So don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, where you can rate us. Get over there and just leave us leave us a review. Yeah. Say hi. Especially after this episode. Yeah. God. Yeah, seriously. I do have a headache after this. <laughs> I think it's because we were crying for half of it. Yeah, that was, that was ridiculous. <laughs> seriously, that was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so we can't thank you guys enough, seriously, for listening, especially when you guys wait to the end of the episode. You guys are amazing. I know a lot of you guys kind of cut it off at the very end because I get the... Uh, Statistics and the, the how much of that oh, yeah, the analytics to? and whatnot, so uh, I can see. Yeah, I, I can see what y'all motherfuckers are doing. Uh, yeah, you think I don't know? I'm. Look, he, you can't see me doing the eye thing right now, but we I'm are dads. We see everything. That's right. That's right. So put it down. That's right. And get back to listening. And stop touching the thermostat. Fucking stop! I have the <laughs> nest for a reason. It's locked. Right. God. So listen. A big thank you, a very special thank you to our fearless executive producers, our Patreon poopers, you amazing, beautiful people. Beautiful. All right. Um, all I got to say is, I'm going to turn this down because. <laughs> to Tomislav Sobota, Amanda Dens, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Stacey Luconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKenney. Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Darty, Turner, Turner, damn it, I was doing so good. Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madison, Janet Sherrill, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Make sure you're checking Rob out over there. He they post some really raunchy memes, yeah, man. We'll, it's we'll it's pretty bit, rough. We'll bit. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sister Skelton Podcast. <laughs> uh, also to Maria Gibbs to Chainsaw. Remember, fuck? get out there and vote for him. Go to our page, our Facebook page. Find the link or whatever. Maybe I'll throw it in on, on our, our show notes or whatever. Get out there and support him. I'd love to see him in a movie where he gets butchered by... by a chainsaw? Like... Uh, that'd be awesome. That'd be fucking. They use a chainsaw on chainsaw. That'd be fucking. Amazing. Yeah, I kind of want. I kind. I kind of like. I want that. <laughs> uh, also to Jigsaw, Rick, Re- Rick Resler. Oh, Rick! Damn it, Resler. Uh, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabinick, and our boy Bill Birch. You got it. Oh, good for you. That's better, right, yeah, Bill? Better. Does I feel better? Yeah. yeah. So listen, spread the word, and if you want your name to be mentioned on the show, and for us to be forever grateful, just become a Patreon producer. Show us your love, man. Like, seriously, for five bucks a month, you, we, we drop a bonus every week. That is, like, devoutly yeah. we do that. Devoutly. So Who are you beautiful people? That's right. So you can do that. And you know what I just thought of? Huh. Um, starting next week, our actual, like, next week's episode, which, yeah. do we know what we're doing next week? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Weird. Okay. <laughs> but you're going to start reading off our uh, our lists at the end, end of the, uh, the thing. The, the what, what the, yeah what the list? name of our beautiful poopers you're oh, gonna start, I'm gonna be doing that you're gonna be doing that for your fuck yeah yeah let's you're, see how better I can do it yeah it's not about better it's always a better performance why is it always a competition with you because I am a competitive motherfucker you're gonna competitively get slapped out of your chair but I'm gonna do it better than you <laughs> <laughs> I'm your father damn it <laughs> so listen stay safe out of there or out of there. <laughs> 
I'm tired, <laughs> man. I don't know. I'm so tired. Jesus Christ. I want someone to go back through and just <laughs> please just let us know how many times we fucked up. No. That don't, would be don't do that because top ten best episode. I don't think anybody <laughs> has the time for that. You'd be surprised. Just stay safe. And be nice. And as always. Choo choo, motherfucker. Alexa, turn on the Midnight Train podcast on all speakers.